Chinese. The Korean is the most perfect creature ever to sanctify the earth with the imprint of his foot. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Not A Bomb Podcast. This is going to be an interesting night. Uh, usually, myself and Brad pick a film. Sometimes it's just us. Sometimes we might have a guest. And we talk about the movies that bombed at the box office or maybe the critics dissed. This is an unusual night because of two things. One, we have a lot of guests tonight, right, Brad? We do. I can see them. There's two other people besides us two. There's two other people besides us. And Matt tells me that Matt tells me that's four people. That's right. You're very good at counting. Uh, are numbers in your general profession at work? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Okay, good. So the other thing that makes this unique is we are kind of treating this as a chance for us to talk about um, Korean cinema. And it was about this time last year, Brad, we kind of cheated a little bit so that we found a loophole in the Not A Bomb bylaws so that we could talk about the Ip Man movies. That is correct. We also figured out that you and I run the show. Oh, yeah. So no one one really can tell us what to do. So if we want to do a movie, by God, we can do a movie. Yeah, but we have integrity. I mean, we set the rules for this thing. So as long as we can make the film fit the rules, it works, right? Yeah, those somewhat fit the rules because domestically it bombed. Yeah. Kind of bombed. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, but before we get into the details and we, and we talk about Korean cinema, let's introduce our guests. So these are returning guests and I'm going to start with our good friend, Nathan. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Now you're, you're actually in my house visiting from where? Phoenix, Arizona. Phoenix, Arizona. So it's 110 out there right now. Or plus at this point, probably. Or plus. And you came to vacation in 90-degree weather with 95% humidity. What What's the change like for you? Uh, it's not as great as I thought it'd be. Oh, okay. <laughs> you miss your dry so, heat. <laughs> so I, I saw this thing, a tweet. Um, college football started last Saturday, and New Mexico was playing – and they said, New Mexico has a alternative plan if their shoes melt on the field because the field temperature was 125 degrees. And I was thinking, if shoes melting is a problem before a football game, maybe we shouldn't play. Yeah, I agree. Maybe, maybe we should push back a few months. Yeah, yeah. let's. Yeah. yeah, I agree. But hey, what do I know? Hey, but we're not stopping there because we brought in another guest and we have none other than our great friend, John who um, is all things action. Uh, you and Jose just seem to like gravitate to a lot of our action episodes. But John, how are you doing this evening? Annyeonghaseyo. I am doing awesome. How are you guys? Uh, what, 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 I'm sorry, what? Was, what was is, that? <laughs> I'm a little bit worried. Are we huh, We're doing a Korean film and we asked John to be on? Is that like... <sighs> like is that like we found... We found an yeah. expert... And okay, John an happens okay. to be one of my best friends, 
of all time. So um, yeah, there's nothing creepy about it. And we're, we're token Korean guy. Can you be on our Korean episode, please? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yes. So that's, <laughs> that's what the episode's all about. We're, we're kind of talking about Korean cinema and Brad, you and I have probably spent so much time over the last 60 plus ep episodes. When we talk about action film, we're always talking about Hong Kong cinema, but I don't know about you, the, the, I don't know, the, the action cinema of today seems to be coming from Korea more than Hong Kong, Japan, or anywhere else. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, it, it, there's definitely a distinction between Korean and Hong Kong, um, action films. And I think some of the best output has actually come from Korea in the past five to six years. I think the shift has definitely for me been more Korean films lately than stuff out of Hong Kong. Yeah. And, and a great example is I've, I've seen a couple of Hong Kong films that were 2021 releases. And I gotta say one was really good. The Donnie and raging fire. Uh, the other one with Yim Biao, which, which I think was Operation Bangkok, it it was terrible. Uh, and that seems to be the case with a lot of the modern Hong Kong films. Now, we've, we've talked ad nauseum about some of the problems with the film industry in China. I, I think it's actually getting worse now because they've come out and said that they're, act, they're full out censoring a lot of films across the board that are coming out in Hong Kong. So I, I do think that hurts the, the quality and the output of it, but I don't think anybody could disagree that if you're looking for, for some of the best thrillers, some of the best action films, even in my opinion, some of the best comedies, Korea is where it's at right now. Uh, and, and Hollywood's starting to tap into that. Yeah, I mean, a Korean film won Best Picture last year. Yeah, yeah. Parasite. Parasite. And yeah. deservedly so when you look at guess, everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm gonna start with you, Nathan. What, what's your background on Korean cinema? Is it something that you look forward to? Do you seek it out, or is it just you accidentally stumble into it just from general viewing? So I've sought some of it out. A lot of it's accidental, just by being in your household. Oh. <laughs> okay, true, touche. <laughs> uh, but that's led to uh, probably most of my exposures early 2000s. Um, I'm not so current on a lot of the stuff, um, but I do have a nice list of things I need to catch up on still. So okay. Um, John, you and I talk about this subject all the time. So it's fair to say that you are a pretty avid Korean film watcher, correct? Uh, yes, uh, to, up to a point. I found um, in doing some research for this film, there were just a lot of movies I never heard of before. Um, and I have they're, they're on my list now. Because um, to your point, uh, Korean cinema is, is where it's at. Um, it's it's cross genre. It's it's beautiful, gorgeous. I mean, I don't know what they're feeding them folks over there now. I guess I got to go back to the homeland once in a while. Um, but everything they've been putting out is just like top notch quality stuff. It, it really is. It's it it rivals a lot of stuff that Hollywood's doing. And in fact, Hollywood is buying up a lot of the properties and trying to remake it. We'll we'll talk about that when we talk about some of the films um, that are going to come up just in the discussion. But. I thought it would be cool that I, I, I feel like we are all. You're not going to ask me. <laughs> no, I, I know you, Brad. Okay. Brad, go ahead. I, I, I care, Brad. I care. Okay. Brad. Thanks. Thanks. Um, I think it started around 2005 for me, um, 2006. I think the host was something that I saw and immediately struck my fancy. And, and ever since then, it's, it's been sort of a, a fascination for me. Oh, so. I, I kind of thought it was earlier. So I'm, I'm glad you did talk about it. I, I thought you yeah. didn't. Okay. 
No, I mean, before then it was, you know, Japan and, the, you know, anything more anime focused, more Jet Li stuff, more, you know, Donnie Yen stuff, more Jackie Chan. Um, and then when I saw the host, it was like, oh, Koreans can make great movies too. So I need to like expand my horizon and, and, and check those things out too. So, um, you know, there's a lot of heavy hitters that people probably have heard and we'll get into those in a little bit, but yeah, uh, the host. Okay. You I, can say it, it kind of hosted me to Korean films. Oh my God. Mm. Here's, your, here's your table, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I go. Well, uh, I, I guess I should talk. So it would be no surprise. I've been following it for a while. And the cool you thing. You don't say. Yeah. And the cool thing about Baltimore, which is it's, it happened in the last two or three years, but the Korean Cultural Center, and I talk about this theater all the time, and I'm so excited it just opened back up last weekend. But the Parkway in Baltimore, it would usually have a, a night hosted by the Korean Cultural Center, and it was free. So all you had to do was sign up via email, and when you, you showed up, they had an entire lobby filled with food, and that was free, and you could sample Korean food, and then you would go in and watch a free Korean film. And we are talking about they would run the gambit between romance, comedy, horror, thriller, action, the whole nine yards. So they've been doing that for a couple of years. Uh, but even prior to that, I guess my own experience is, you know, you, you start uh, kind of like you, Brad, you, you get hooked on, I think, one piece of Asian cinema and it leads to the next country and it goes to the next country. And all of a sudden you, you get this fantastic blend. So I know, though, that a lot of people uh, probably that are fringe film movie lovers don't dabble into Korean cinema as much as probably other stuff. And if you think about it, I mean, Criterion Collection, as an example, that's sort of the snooty, pretentious label that puts all the world cinema out. It, it doesn't have a lot of Korean titles, right? That's fair to say. Yeah. I mean, they are doing Parasite. <laughs> so, you know. Oh. Well, I mean, they, that's they, only because it won an Oscar. That's yeah, the but they're, they're doing it. They have a lot of Japanese cinema. They're yeah. just finally catching up with, the, I think, some of the classic Hong Kong stuff. But I thought it would be fun since I know all of you have dabbled in it a little bit. How about we give some Korean film recommendations before we talk about tonight's movie? All right, who wants to go first? Can I get my first one? You, you go, man. Go for it. I'm going to say 2016's The Wailing, which Ooh. is a horror a uh, thriller. Um, basically, if you look up the word atmosphere, uh, the wailing kills it. Now, I will say it has a long, long, long runtime, uh, which kind of helps the film, I think. Um, but if you're you're in for something that's creepy, you know, October's coming up, maybe check out the wailing. I, I definitely highly recommend the wailing. Would you would you classify that one as a slow burn, Brad? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. just keep it. Maybe, mind. maybe yeah. the slowest. Yeah, it is yeah. a slow burn, but you're right. Atmosphere wise, everything it, it is a, it's uh, worth it. yeah, it's a good ghost story it really is. Yeah. It, it's really worth it. Check it out. All right. That's a good man. That's you come out swinging on. So is that one that you heard about and watched or did you find it accidentally, Brad? It was on name. It was on Netflix and oh, so I just kind of stumbled across, stumbled yeah. across it uh, a few years ago and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, again, the runtime is intimidating, and I I, I definitely didn't watch it in one sitting, uh, but I have s since gone back and watched it in, in one sitting, and I, I highly recommend that you do it that way. Uh, don't break it up. Okay. 
Well, I'm going to go over to you, Nathan. So what, what's the next one that you would recommend to somebody who's sort of dipping their toes into Korean cinema? I, I would consider this a deeper plunge just because of how de- intense it is. It's always stuck with me, but I saw the devil from 2010. Oh, yes. Mm. That was on my list as well. That is that is a must watch. Yeah. So what, what about I saw? So that is a... I'm trying to think if nobody has even heard about this film, do you want to give a little bit of a synopsis of what it's about with or without spoilers? Well, no spoilers, no, no spoilers. spoilers, no spoilers. Cop loses lo- uh, wife to a serial killer. Hijinks ensue. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He very, 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 very dark hijinks. Well, I, he, let's say it this way. He keeps, he finds yeah, the serial the killer. Over. I think this is interesting. So he catches okay. him yep. and then lets him go well, and catches him again. And let, so, but where it goes from this is absolutely amazing. Vengeance is always a big, um, a big theme in Korean films. Yes. Vengeance plays a huge part in most, if not all, like the Korean films I like. Vengeance is usually this, not maybe not the main focus, but it's always there. Yeah, and I I feel like with I saw the devil, it's like a whole nother level. Like it's it's just well, yeah, crazy. It's, ra- it's rage at that point. Yeah, that that is a great pick. It, and what's funny, it's it's one of those that was showing at the Korean Cultural um, Center for for their pick at the Parkway, and uh, I took a bunch of people from work and convinced them that they should go because there's free Korean food and said, Hey, do, do you like seven? Do you like, you know, serial killer? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't tell them it was subtitled and we went to see it and they absolutely loved it, but they were a little shocked. They're like, Oh, you didn't tell me it was going to be subtitled. And it's like, let's just watch. It's free. Right. Right. They, it just blew them away, but that is a great pick. You didn't get a call from HR the next day. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, good. good, good. Okay. John, what's your pick? Um, so mine's going to eventually have a common theme, but, um, Brad pointed it out. I mean, I found it on Netflix and it was one of those things where I'm like, wow, why, why are all these Korean shows and stuff coming up? Um, but I checked one out and it was awesome. It was funny. It had a really good story, really good characters, um, and it, it's one, it, it's a very fun watch. Uh, I'm talking about 2018's Psychokinesis. Ooh. Oh, okay. I yeah. have not seen that. You have not seen that? No, I have not. Check I, it out. Okay, I, I'll I, add it to my list. I think I watched it on a flight. Uh, it was, is it on Amazon or Netflix or something? It's on Netflix, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I did watch it. That, that, was, that, was, a, that was an interesting... Um, would you call it a superhero film or? I would call it an anti-hero film. Yeah. If you think about it. Yeah. 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 That, that's a better description. <laughs> yeah. So, so far, I mean, you guys are talking about stuff that's easily available. So I saw the devil. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's streaming or not, but I know you, I mean, can, you could buy it. You could buy it on Blu-ray easy. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've seen you it on Amazon right now. Yeah. Seven, eight I think bucks. it's like 10 bucks. Yeah. yeah if that. Um, well, no surprise, the movies I'm going to talk about, I think you're going to have a little difficulty finding, um, and we'll talk about why, but the first one I want to recommend, it's from a director, um, Sung Wan Ryu, and he's directed such films as Veteran, and I believe that's on Prime as well as Netflix, The Berlin File, uh, Crying Fist, those are great films, and I was going to pick this one, The City of Violence. That is a fantastic film. 
But the one I went with is probably out of his filmography, the one that I had the most fun on, and that's 2004's Arahan. So the whole premise of this is this dorky cop falls in with these five towel masters after he gets hurt, and they try to unlock his chi and start training him to fight this ancient enemy. And uh, it, it has some fantastic... I don't know, Hong Kong style uh, wuxia action. It, it almost reminds me a little bit of a Stephen Chow film, but the action is top grade and the comedy works so well. But I love this director and Arhan is, is something I go back to on a regular basis and, and uh, frequently watch, but it's, it's kind of hard to find. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. I don't think it ever got an official US Blu-ray release, much less a DVD release. But you know, if you scour eBay, you can you can find a copy um, on a pretty reasonable base. But uh, definitely check out this guy's filmography all over the place. It's really good. All right, Brad, back to you. Uh, do we just want to get some, some out of the way and talk about it right now? Yeah, go ahead. Do we want to talk about the big one? Go. Let's talk about Old Boy. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Let's just go ahead and talk about Old Boy. I think is it is it, on, is it on everybody's? I, I didn't pick it, but did everybody else pick it? I did. I. I no. You can't talk about a Korean Korean yep. films. You would suggest to people without old boy. I don't think. I think that was my opener too. So that doubly was on my list. Because and we're not talking about the Spike Lee version, right? No, no two, not the 2013 remake. Um, <laughs> now, I, so when I was explaining to someone, old boy, and then the remake, I always think about the in old boy. It's the hallway scene, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> not only is that action set piece tell you more about the character. Than anything else, because at some point in time, you know, he's going through all these guys, he gets stabbed in the back and he basically stops at nothing to get through that hallway. Um, someone stabbing him in the back literally, you know, is a metaphor for, you know, getting stabbed in the back, but he keeps going through the hallway in the remake. Josh Brolin is going through, I think it's like a parking garage or something like garage, that. Yeah. yeah. At the very end, he gets stabbed. And I'm like, if you cannot get that part right and you don't understand <laughs> the whole part of getting stabbed in the back and fighting your way through that and what that means, you have missed the whole point of this remake and you should not do it. Um, I, I don't, and I say this with very, uh, I don't think that the remake is that terrible on its own, but when you compare it to uh, the original source material, it just doesn't hold up. Oh boy, I think is definitely a film that is is all about revenge. It is twisted, and I would not, um, you know, people who listen to podcasts probably are okay going out and watching Old Boy without knowing what happens. I would not tell my mom to go watch Old Boy. You nope. know what I'm saying? Uh -uh. So, um, no. <laughs> uh, I think Old Boy is a perfect film. Um, I would put it in any sort of best of list of all time. It is a classic and I think everyone should experience it um, just to see I, again, like I, and Hong Kong does this too. Not only is like you develop characters through dialogue and conversation and, but those action set pieces develop characters as well. Like I was talking about the hallway scene has so much character development in that action set piece. It means something. Um, and that's really what you get with these films is they're always, I think the character development is always on point. Like they don't waste any time. And, and I think, um, you know, when you have a film like old boy with the vengeance 
you have to know the characters and know their motivation and know what's going on. And uh, it crushes it, dude. It crushes it. I agree. So that was on your list, Nathan? Yeah, Old Boy was uh, top two with I Saw the Devil with my. So what, what would you add to that if you were trying to sell it to somebody? I think Brad did an amazing job. Don't, don't give him that kind of credit. You can, you can top him. I guarantee it. Abusive. <laughs> <laughs> no i i think along with he's that, right if, here if, <laughs> if someone were to enjoy uh old boy just check out the the rest of kind of what's known as the you know the the vengeance trilogy yeah i'd agree i oh every so i got a question for everybody who's seen it is it and i would agree you would recommend that film just based on content and the surprises and everything else to the right person i don't think you randomly just go out to the average Joe and go, you know what? You should watch old boy. If correct. If you do, people are going to look at you weird. Yeah. But, but if I, I would say like people who listen to podcasts and are into movies, like, yes, go yeah. watch it. Oh, I, I agree. I just, I'm so my question though, is knowing what it entails now, does it lose any impact when you watch it again? Cause no. I, I, can, I remember the first time I saw it and it just, it was a gut punch and it, it yeah. slapped me. But I, 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 I mean, I'll start with my opinion. Every time I watch it, it still has that reaction to me. Like yes. I, for whatever reason, that blow of the last 15 minutes, it's not softened <laughs> with repeat viewings. Uh -uh. Even knowing what, what's going to happen for myself, like you said, it's, it's still that gut punch, gut punches every single time. Yeah. yeah oh, boy is, oh, go ahead, John. No, I was gonna say, and that 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 just get, just shows you again, you know how how Korean cinema, whatever they're doing, they're, I mean they're doing it right. They're making movies that, you know, you, you watch it once, twice, ten times, you're still getting, as you said, gut punched because it, it's just that good. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Old Boy is one of three films that I have watched and then immediately watched again. Uh, the Sixth Sense, Fight Club, and Old Boy are the three films that I watched the first time. Uh, and I remember in the theater, we had, we snuck into the next showing of Sixth Sense and uh, Fight Club. And then, oh boy, I just literally started it over and watched it again, looking for some clues or like just anything to kind of give me any sort of insight to if they kind of played into the twist at all. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's one of the three films that I've watched back to back in my entire life. All right. That makes sense. All right, John, what's your recommendation? What's your next one? All right, so I'm still sticking with my theme, and maybe you'll figure it out. Um, but the next one, and, and these are more recent films, and, and I'm only recommending more of the recent stuff because it, it's just, again, when you compare the cinematic quality uh, stories and characters, um, it, it's just just amazing what Korea is producing. Um, and the movie, this one, we talk about gut punches. This one really literally had me crying. Um, brought out the emotion uh, with me um, because it was just it, it, it was just so masterfully done. I'm talking about 2016's Train to Busan. Oh, yes. Yes. And yes. the common theme between Psychokinesis and Train to Busan, it's the same director, Yang, Yang, uh, Yang Sonho. I hope I got it right. I'm sorry if he's listening. Um, but yeah, I mean... I wish he would. I hope. I hope he is. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm going to text him. Um, <laughs> He might be related. I don't know. But, you know, it, it's just one of those, again, uh, when, when, when we go to movies and stuff, we, you know, we're looking for those qualities. You know, is it visually appealing? Is the story great? Are the characters appealing? Can we fall in love? 
Train to Busan just hits you on. I mean, it's like it, it's like an ass whooping of love. Um, that at the very end of the movie, I mean, I was just drained. Yes, I keep, I keep thinking I'm going to get tired of zombie films, and then something like that comes along, and you're like, oh, it's completely oh. different. You know, it's like they reinvent the wheel so many times that you're like, oh, no, I could. I could go for this again. Now, I don't like the sequel as much, uh, to be honest with you. Yeah, Peninsula, a uh, yeah. little bit uh, let down, same director. Um, but still, just visually, to see what they're able to accomplish, man, Korean cinema is, is, is just a mint happening right now. Well, it's a good example, though. Peninsula, what I love about Peninsula, now, I'll be the first to say, it's not the A tier that Train to Busan is. But the great thing about that sequel is it doesn't try to be trained to Busan. It yes. goes for something entirely different, which unfortunately is not Hollywood cinema when it comes to sequels. So I really appreciate that they try to do something a little bit different with that. Yeah. I could see Hollywood trying to remake Train to Busan, to be honest with you. Oh, absolutely. They are. They are. Oh, okay. They, they're they're going to try, but I don't think they're going to be able to pull it off because... I mean, let's face it, Hollywood Hollywood sucks right now in terms of what they're putting out. I mean, there's just nothing that really, really uh, sucks you in anymore. I mean, think about it. I mean, what's what's the last great, great movie that had you feeling, if you were to compare it against watching Train to Busan for the first time, you know, what, what movie did Hollywood put out that just really hit you as hard? Oh, on, Snake on Eyes. G.I. Joe Snake Eyes. <laughs> That's why I got the sequel canceled. Anyway. <laughs> But you know what I mean? It's just one of those things. Hollywood is just, they're playing catch up now. And that's why they are taking some of the Korean properties and, and trying to, you know, put their own spin on it. But as you said, I mean, old boy, you can't even get the, you can't get the knife fight or, or, or the knife stab wound done right. Come on. Yeah, I, I would be, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but I do think there's something different going on between Hong Kong versus Korea versus Hollywood. I mean, at, at a high level, Hollywood's trying to chase the Chinese market and do everything possible to get their films in there, but now they're getting shut out, and then China is making its own films to really appease um, sort of a government mandate. I mean, that, that's really what it is. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Korea over here that are making Korea films, and they feel very Korean. And they're not chasing it. To me, I don't feel like they're trying to chase anything. They're doing their own thing, and it kind of shows in the product a little bit. Right. And and, and uh, I said it earlier, it's not just, oh, we're only doing a bunch of crime or we're doing a bunch of horror. They're doing it across the board with subtle uh, societal themes, uh, you know, pseudo-political themes, um, you know, embedded in, in a lot of the work they're doing. I mean, it's just great, great stuff. I agree. Um, okay, so that's, uh, am I up next? It's your turn. Oh, it's, it's my turn. turn. Okay, so here's another one. It's going to be kind of hard to find because I don't know if it's any streaming, streaming services. It was recommended sort of out of passing from our good friend Caesar, who's on the show about this time when we were talking Ip Man. I was going to say the same thing. Go ahead. Okay, so he and I talk all the time. And we're going back and forth. So if you ever go to filmsmash.com, that's his website. Uh, all things Asian related, uh, that's the place to go to. So he and I were talking one day and he was talking about this film and he said, you know, I kind of really like this. It stuck with me. And then I had to seek it out automatically because anytime Caesar, you know, talks, Caesar's one of those guys, he will never sit there and go, oh my gosh, you know, this film's amazing. 
he's he's just not a hyperbole kind of guy. It's always, I saw this film, it kind of stuck with me, here's what I liked about it, and then he will go into detail. So the film is 2017's Midnight Runners. Has anybody even heard about this film? No. Nope. Okay. So the whole premise is these two friends who are students at the Korean National Police University are witnessing a kidnapping after having a night on the town kind of uh, drinks and they're, they're going back to the academy and they end up witnessing the kidnapping of a girl. And so they know that they're in the critical hours of the kidnapping. They have to find out what's going on and they're not getting help from the local police. Um, they actually get captured at one point by some gang, but it's more or less like what happens when they witness it. They're not even full, you know, they're in the police academy and they're trying to track down who did the kidnapping and save this girl and they embark on their own amateur investigation. And what's amazing, this is an action comedy. And what is amazing about this film and what I really like about Korean film is that the action set pieces, I, I, don't get me wrong, I love Jackie Chan, I love Donnie Yen, I love all the Hong Kong films, but there's something about action that feels more visceral when something's on the line. When you know your characters, you know what's at stake, and the action builds to sort of like this crescendo, right? It's not like action and, you know, The Raid's a great film. I'm not dissing The Raid or The Raid 2 or any of those type of films. But it's action after action after action. It's like, oh, look what the body can do and just, you know, watch all these face kicks. I love that stuff. But Midnight Runners um, and even Arahan to a certain degree and all these films I'm talking about, what's great about it is the action builds to a big set piece and they give you a little, then it expands and it keeps going and you get to know the characters, you know, it's on the line and Midnight Runners is so much fun. Brad, you talked about a film that um, as soon as you watched it, then you went back and watched it again. Midnight Runners, the first time I saw it, I watched it by myself and I immediately ran upstairs and grabbed the family and said, you're coming downstairs and we're watching this right now. And I watched it again and everybody in the family loved it. So, um, and I, I think, I, don't quote me on this, but I think the two lead stars are actually Korean pop singers, and it was like their first major action film. But uh, you've got to seek out Midnight Runners. It's so good. 27. It's on my list. All right. You got another one, Brad? <clears throat> I am going to go with a vampire film this time. Ooh. I'm going to go with Mother. Ooh. Oh, okay. Uh, a little horror action. Um, I believe... <laughs> Our buddy Josh from the VHS files on his YouTube channel did the best uh, vampire films. And he talked about mother, I believe. So uh, yeah, it, it, again, it's very atmospheric. Uh, it's, it's, it's different than our um, vampire films, but I think it is. No, you know what? I'm sorry. I was going to say mother, mother is thirst. the, I'm talking about thirst. thirst. Okay. Thirst. So mother is, mother was on my list as well, but I'm talking about thirst. I'm sorry. Oh, thirst. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You got um, that wrong. But okay. Yes. But hold on a sec. Pause. Let's. But pause mother right. is also good. <laughs> mother is great. So the whole the whole thing about that is her son um, is I don't know slightly dimwitted or just can't. Yes. Yeah. And so a mother is searching for the killer who framed her son for a girl's murder. That is fantastic. So you have to watch yes. that one. But go yes. ahead and talk but about thirst, thirst. Is the vampire film that I was meaning to talk about, and not to. And mother is not the Darren Aronofsky film. Uh, mother with oh. an exclamation point. Yeah. Hey, John, don't. don't. <laughs> uh, but, 
Again, sorry, I, I haven't even been drinking tonight, so I don't know. I know, know you threw me for a little. I'm like, mother, <laughs> like, I, I, I saw that film. It's not, yes. a, there's, I don't think uh, there's a vampire in that film. Not, not a vampire in that film. <laughs> yeah, the mother, she's a vampire. No, oh, it's, okay. uh, it's Thirst. So again, my recommendation is Thirst, the vampire film. There you go. Okay. Thir- thirst. Well, you snuck two recommendations in there, and I like what you did yeah. there. That's yeah, see? That's what I was planning on doing. I like it. You are brilliant. You mm-hmm. just subtle brilliant. Me, brilliant. Okay. All right, Nate, what do you got? Um, I'm running out of items here. Um, I've got left, uh, and it's been a while since I've watched this one, Tale of Two Sisters. Oh, uh, yeah. That's another one that's 2003. That's a good one. I like that one. I can't, but I haven't seen it. I'm like you. I haven't seen it it's, forever. At one point, weren't they trying to remake that over here? I believe they were, yes. And I, I want to say Tom Cruise's production company had bought the rights or something of that. Everyone take a drink at home. Oh, sorry. Tom Cruise. <laughs> Tom Cruise, there you go. No, yeah. that's a good one. It, you know, K- Korean horror has got some heavy hitters in there, and, and to me, that one's a classic. It's another slow burn, very atmospheric. It's definitely worth a check. All right, John, you got, you got a number three? Um, yeah, but this is a little bit different. This is actually a, a, a Korean television show. So, Troy, they did remake it. Oh, they, they did? did? The Uninvited is the remake. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Wow, that doesn't feel like anything like the original. Yeah. 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 And was it... Was it uh, Emily uh, Browning and Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, was that Tom Cruise's uh, production company? Uh, what's this? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, I was just looking for an excuse to say riveting. Tom Cruise. This is riveting. Yeah, um, okay. There we go. Anyway. Yep. Okay, I'm sorry, John. You were going to talk TV show? Yeah, and it's, it's, it's again, it was another one on Netflix. Um, very well done. Um, really creepy. And I'm looking forward to season two. And I'm talking about um, Sweet Home. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, uh, is it, that's the apartment complex, right? That is absolutely correct. Yep. <laughs> Trapped in a complex with monsters all about, um, really character driven, um, along with a story, but visually, um, it's a sensible, it's, it's, it's a great series to watch, especially if you're into horror. Um, and and again, uh, the cliffhanger they leave you off with, I'm definitely looking forward to season two. Um, so if you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix, it's called Sweet Home. And it's, it's kind of an apocalypse movie or or TV show, right? They... (sighs) That's the way you're you're led to believe, but I've only seen like the first three episodes because let me digress here for a second. <laughs> I live in a house where uh, Tabitha and I were watching it one night, and um, all of a sudden Cameron comes down. And is like, "What are you watching?" So he watches like ten minutes of the first episode, and he's like, "Oh, I'm going to watch this." And then next thing you know, Angel comes in. Well, what are you watching? And then no, uh, so so we're like, "Okay, you guys get caught up," and then we got to like episode three. And so, um, or no, we got to episode two and then they wouldn't get caught up. So then we're like, well, forget them. We're going to watch episode three. And as we're watching episode three, everybody runs in and was like, what are you doing? You're supposed to wait for us. And so that's when the kids are abusing the parents. <laughs> so we're like, fine, get caught up. And then we can all watch it together. And then what does my daughter go ahead and do? She does, she doesn't watch it and then goes off to college. So now I'm stuck on episode three or else I'm going to get yelled at. She doesn't have to know. She's in college. Meh. Yeah, right. With this group, yeah. snitches. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it's a great series. Check it out. Um, yeah, it, it's really good. I, it, it surprised me how good it was. Has anybody else seen it? I have not. Okay. I have not. Okay. Like everything I think is on my watch list. Yeah, God, this, this, <laughs> I think the I problem spend is. I more time building my watch list than actually <laughs> watching what's on the <laughs> list. 
I know. And that's why spends Troy spends more time buying yes. movies than actually yeah. watching movies. Come at me, bro. And, and, Come at I me. <laughs> I, I, I seem to uh, get your purchase picks, too, when you're like, oh, it's Tuesday. Look what I got. So yeah. I'm not the only one. I will say, though, uh, Troy seems to find them. I mean, I, I'm looking all over the place for some of the titles that I, I came across, uh, you know, getting ready for tonight's episode. And like like you said, Troy, some are like it's like the arc. Yeah. You hear stories and, and get clues, but you will never find a copy. Oh, you, but then, you, you know what I mean? But you, uh, to Brad's point, you go elsewhere like Netflix, which, by the way, they invested, I think you and I were talking a little bit somewhere. It's like $500 million. Yeah, they put a ton of change down for Korean film. Yeah, Korean film and shows for development and stuff. So, I mean, like I said, man, it, it's crazy um, just, just trying to find some of these... Uh, and apparently a lot of them are like really awesome gems. And I've never heard of half of these films. Well, the problem, and so I'm an, I'll, I'll talk about my last one. The problem is Hollywood's taking notice of this. And so they're buying up the properties. And as a result of buying the property for a remake, they're not going to release the original. Or they're going to release the original in time with when the remake comes out or when it gets released uh, on Blu-ray, stuff like that. So this is one of my... <sighs> I had heard about this film and I saw the trailer and the, the, the minute I saw the trailer, it was like, I have to own this movie. And it was one of the biggest blockbusters of Korea the year that it came out. And when it finally got released on Blu-ray, I spent a ton of money to not just on the film, but get it shipped over here because, you know, unless you're buying like 10 Korean films, the shipping's going to kill you. So, and here's the thing. Kevin Hart apparently uh, snatched it up and is remaking it. But when you hear the premise, you go, well, I kind of want to see this film if Kevin Hart's going to redo it. But I'm telling you, the original is one of the best. It's another one that as soon as we watched it and the family watched it the first time, we're like, hey, we should watch that again this weekend. And we did. We watched it like a couple of times um, within. I think I know what it is. Okay. So I'm talking. Do you know what it is, Brad? Well, you want to take a guess? I take a guess? Yeah, go ahead. Is it Extreme Job? It is Extreme Job from <laughs> yes, 2019. Okay. Has anybody God, seen this film? Yes, yes. You have seen it? Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. you so, recommended it to me. There you go. Because <laughs> as soon as I saw this thing, I was telling everybody about it. Um, John, Nathan, have you seen this thing? No, I have not. All right, so we're doing a movie date. Um, here's the premise. It's so good. A team of narcotics detectives go undercover in a fried chicken restaurant to stake out an organized crime game across the street, okay? So they end up kicking the owner out. He sells it at like a discount. And the only reason why they buy, they all these cops all chip in to buy this decrepit chicken joint so that they can stake out this gang across the street that they're trying to catch, right? But all of a sudden they get customers coming in and so they have to figure out real quick, like we gotta actually look like a chicken restaurant and so one of the detectives has like this family chicken recipe. And so they make it. And next thing you know, they transform this rundown restaurant into like the hottest eatery in town. And so every they're on the news. I mean, they're going to franchise. <laughs> it's crazy. But th these cops who are trying to do this stakeout to catch these criminals across the way are trying to balance that with the fact that they now have like the, the biggest restaurant in Korea <laughs> yeah, off of this fried chicken funny. restaurant. It is absolutely hilarious. And I mean, Brad, would you agree? It, it's probably more heavily slated on comedy than the action, but when the action happens, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, I would say it's a comedy action film, not an action comedy. 
I'd agree. It's comedy, comedy first. But, it is. It is comedy first. But and, and so people might hesitate on that and say, well, OK, it's Korean. Am I going to pick up on things? And because I'm reading the subtitles. Yes, it's it's still very funny with subtitles. Trust me. It, it is. It's it's the character development. It's the character interaction. Uh, I Here's the thing. I think slapstick in comedy is really hard to do because it can get very immature quickly. But some of the sight gags and stuff that they do in Extreme Job are really good. Really, really good. And the last 30 minutes of this film with the big climax, I mean, you are cheering the whole way. And there's an entire payoff that they're setting up. And when it gets to the end, you are just like, <laughs> it. I, I don't want to spoil it. It's amazing. It's so good. But yeah, they, it's already been picked up. Apparently, uh, it's in development. Who knows when it's going to come out? But you know, when I it's I'm okay with remakes. But when I heard when Kevin Hart picked this up, I'm like, you know what? That actually could be pretty good um, if if he does it correctly. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, I think Kevin Hart has his moments where he can be funny. I don't find him funny all the time, but um, hey, guess what? Kevin Hart, he's short. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if you know that or not, but he's short. I never picked up on that. He always yeah, he, uh, he should make jokes about it. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> well, dude, that's that's an, a fantastic list. We might we might have to in the uh, I don't know show description maybe list all those movies out. Have people the chaser. The chaser. Oh, come on, that was my yeah. last one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I only had three. You guys had more. Well, the I was just gonna say, please see the chaser. Yeah, chaser's good. I like the chaser. We could sit here all night and just talk about it. We could. I've got yeah. like. I've got like 20, but okay. Was oh, there any other Let's you want to just throw out there real quick? Uh, the good, the bad, and the weird. Oh yeah. That's, that's one of Cameron's favorites. A bittersweet life. Amazing film. Absolutely amazing. I would say lucky as well. If you like bittersweet life. So lucky, I think is being remade <laughs> as well over here too, or it might have been remade already. I don't know. Um, this one might be a cheat, but it is Korean. Uh, Snowpiercer. Ooh, yeah, Chris Evans. <laughs> yes, so. good film. Well, let's talk about 2017's The Outlaws. Now, quick question before you get into this. Um, who had seen The Outlaws before this week? Nobody. Nope. John? Once. Once. Did you watch it with me? Yes. Okay, that's right. All right. Yes. So John and I had seen this before. Uh, Nathan and Brad, first time watch, right? Correct. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So Brad, usually you start with the box office. So you might want to explain how we cheated on this one um, uh, and talk mm. about maybe the box office and the reviews a little bit. Yeah. The So I don't know the budget for this film, um, but I do know that it made about $53 million uh, in, in U.S. money um, converted. So that's a pretty big, pretty big hit because um, this is a Korean film. It doesn't usually play uh, internationally very well. Um, that's right. That's the right statement. Correct. Like Korean films, usually Korea is their about 95% of their box office. Correct. Yeah. yeah. To, yeah. To, uh, okay. Unless it's, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think but that's it's, changing. It's, yeah, yeah. It's definitely changing. It's definitely picking up a lot more in the U S it's not, it's not, again, <clears throat> this film is not parasite. So it doesn't, you know, get the, get the Oscar bump or anything like that. So, right. um, so $53 million is pretty good. Again, I don't know what the budget is, but it was not $53 million. It was, it was a way less than that. Big hit. I, so one of the things you'll find is viewership for this film. And if you mm -hmm. go and look at the viewership numbers in Korea for this, it was a huge hit. 
Yes, correct. And award, like award nominees, it was huge as well. Um, I will say Rotten Tomatoes does have reviews for it. Um, out of 11 reviews, um, it sits at a 91%. Um, and the audience, it says plus 100. So more than 100 people have felt the need to go on Rotten Tomatoes and say yes or no. It sits at a 79%. Um, so kind of close. Um, and uh, that's all the, all the work I had to do for this week, Troy. <laughs> Slacker. Oh, it was released August or October 2017. I can tell you the films that came out in the United States in October of 2017. Would you like to know that? Yeah. Because I guess. bet, Troy. So what were we watching over here when this came out? Uh, we were watching things like um, Geostorm. Ooh. Oh, okay. <laughs> we were watching things like um, Blade Runner 2049. Okay. Which, right. yeah. Uh, not sadly, not many people saw in the theater. Um, unfortunately, uh, crap. I just lost my pay. Hold on. Gosh, dang it. Sorry. <laughs> you were not prepared tonight, man. I was. It, 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 no, nope. <laughs> I thought he had Troy. Sounds like yeah. a Hollywood producer. Yeah. I had one job. Hey, I had like three jobs. Okay. You had three jobs. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um, and then we had the Woody Woodpecker movie. We all saw the Woody Woodpecker movie, certainly. No, there was a no movie. Woodpecker you did? movie. No. <laughs> you don't have young kids. I've actually seen that. What else do we have? It's oh, October. There had to be uh, horror movies. The Snowman. You remember The Snowman with uh, Michael Fassbender? Oh, and then like a thriller, like a yeah, it's cop but killer apparently thriller. It's not very good. I yeah. have never seen it. Uh, Happy Death Day, the first one came oh, out. That oh, that was so good. good. Yeah. Yeah, I that do was like pretty that good. film. That was pretty good. Um, do you all remember the movie Creep with uh, that guy? What is his name? It was in uh, the- Duplass, Michael Duplass. Yeah. The yeah. second one, uh, Creep 2, came out um, in uh, October of 2017. And uh, Jigsaw, our buddy Sammy, who is going through the Saw franchise, I think he has Jigsaw left. So uh, here's looking at you, Sammy. Yeah. Uh, thank you for your service. The Miles Teller film. There was a lot. This is Thor Ragnarok came out in October of 2017. Is that right? Did it? I, I thought I don't, that does not sound right at all. That was like a November, was November Christmas yeah. thing. Yeah, that's what I would have thought. But it says Thor Ragnarok, so I don't know. Maybe I'm on a maybe I'm on a weird site. But anyway, those are your films. Okay, not bad, not bad. So November third, 2017. That's when it came out. Okay. Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Anyways, okay. Sorry. No, sorry. no, that's good. I, we we go. We we're podcast, John. We need accuracy, right? Yeah. Um, there you go. I'm oh, October and Wheelman. Did anyone see Re- Wheelman, the Netflix movie that was uh, Frank uh, Grillo? Grillo? Or, nope. Yeah. Missed it. I watched it. Was it any good? Yeah, it was fine. Okay. It's fine. This is Frank Grillo film. You okay. know what you're getting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's talk about this. So it's directed and written by uh, Kang Yoon Sung. And he's only done two films. He's done this one and Long Live the King from 2019, which is sort of a romantic comedy. The cast, we're only going to talk about two people. And quite honestly, we're going to talk about one person for a little bit. So playing the character of Ma Suk Du, did I say that right, John? Yes. Okay. Uh, is none other than Don Lee, who is um, Korean name is Ma Dong Suk. Yes. And... 
you'll start to see Don Lee this year, and it'll be November, depending on how Shang-Chi does. But um, he plays Gilgamesh in the film The Eternals, which is a Marvel film. Now, we've already talked about some of the films that Don Lee is in. We'll refer to him as Don Lee uh, from here on out because I think that's how American audiences are going to come to him. Um, but he was in Train to Busan in 2016. That was his big breakout role. I think yep. everybody all of a sudden took notice of this big guy who looked like a Korean Arnold Schwarzenegger just punching zombies left and right and was just being cool about it. He actually started, uh, if you go back in his filmography in 2005, in Cheonggun um, as a North Korean soldier. But he's been, he was in The Good, The Bad, and The Weird in 2008. He was in a film, uh, Quick, in 2011. So I don't know if you guys have seen Quick. Mm-mm. Imagine Speed, you know, with Keanu Reeves, but it's done oh. on a motorcycle. It's a lot of fun. Okay. <laughs> yeah, check out Quick. Could actually make the jump. Oh, yeah, he did. Um, now, uh, you talked about TV series, John. He was in a TV series called The Bad Guys in 2014. This is on Netflix. There's also a movie called The Bad Guys, the movie from 2019, which is fantastic. It's a lot of fun. And you actually don't need to see the TV series to get a lot out of the movie, but go watch the TV series too. Um, we've already talked about this film because of director Sung Wan Ryu, who did uh, my recommendation, Arahan. He was in Veteran from 2015. And so these are all bit parts, right? Comes to Train to Busan is a big breakout. After that, he does The Outlaws. He has a couple of movies come out in 2017, The Outlaws. And has anybody seen this film series? There's two of them, Along with the Gods, The Two Worlds, and Along with the Gods, The Last 49 Days. No, those are two now on my list. Yes, he's in those. They are fantastic, absolutely fantastic. So think of, I'm trying to think of a good comparison. It's a, it's a little bit, what, what was the Robin Williams, What Dreams May Come? Yeah, yes. a little bit of that. Yeah, so it's a, sort of a action film with with that mixed in. It's a, basically about a firefighter who has to travel um, all of these different areas in the afterlife in order to achieve like nirvana. It's really good, really good. But the the first and second one are fantastic. He did another film in 2018 called Champion. Now, Brad, I told you if you get a chance to watch this, did you did you watch it? I did not, unfortunately. Okay, so Champion, and if you know Don Lee, I mean, he's just a big guy. Champion is all about a kid who, in the United States, grows up, uh, a a Korean-American kid, grows up watching Over the Top, the Sylvester Stallone arm wrestling film. (laughs) I was going to make that joke, and it's really true. (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah, he's watching Over the Top growing up and then decides he wants to become a professional arm wrestler and then ends up getting... Okay, dis- I, you know what, guys? I love you all to death, but I'm leaving, and I'm going to go watch this movie right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm back gonna, to back. Double there's enough people right to cover for me. I okay. already did my part. I'm going. Yeah, this movie wow, is that so amazing. much fun. But what ends up happening is he, he gets disqualified. There's a whole backstory. He ends up going to Korea... And does he um, turn his hat backwards to turn on the switch? I'm not telling you anything okay. outside of the fact that they reference over the top because that's his backstory. He grew up watching over the top. That's what champion is absolutely fantastic. It's, it is the, I mean, it's what Sylvester Stallone wanted to make with over the top. It's that good. It's, it's, it's Rocky with Arma. And I know he tried to do it, but Don Lee did it. Okay. Um, Unstoppable 2018. He did that one same year. Fantastic action film. Think of like Taken with Don Lee. 
this is fantastic. Uh, 2019's The Gangster, The Cop, and The Devil. Anybody see this one? No. No, I saw it on a list, but I'm... Yeah, Sylvester Stallone bought the rights to it and he's remaking the movie, and I think he's remaking it with Don Lee, too. So the whole premise of this is this gangster, played by Don Lee, a serial killer tries to um, kill him, but is unsuccessful. So the gangster teams up with the cop to go after the serial killer. And the cop is like, Hey, if I catch him, we're taking him to justice. And the gangster is like, well, if I catch him, I'm going to kill him. So, um, that's a fantastic film. Bad guys, the movie, we talked about that one. And then, um, he just did, which I, I find this to be, uh, in Brad, you're my video game guy, PUBG ground zero. Is that like, um, what is that? Like Fortnite? No, PUBG is different. It's, okay. it's, yeah, it players unknown battlegrounds is what PUBG stands for, but it's it's one of those battle royale games. Okay, so he did a short film this summer. Uh, it's a nine minute film called PUBG Grounds Ground Zero. I guess it was like a long advertisement thing, but he's in that. You can go check that out and you can see Don Lee in action. And of course, he's going to be in the internals um, this year. So we we had my son on here a few episodes ago, and we were asking him like, what his favorite asian action star is he picked don lee i'm just real curious what what exposure outside of like train to basan has anybody had to don lee um john how about you no don lee uh first saw him in, in train to busan and then um you showed when we watched the outlaws i was like man this guy's pretty good so um in in re-watching outlaws twice this week three times i think um, just going back over his history and taking a look at some of the other stuff that he did. I'm like, holy crap. I, I missed a lot. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Brad? Um, he's going to be starring in my new favorite film, the champion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but besides that, uh, I haven't really seen besides, you know, training us on and things like that. But yeah, my new favorite film champion. He's I, be with- Brad, I would put an entire paycheck on the fact that you're going to love that film. Oh, I, I know I will. Okay. What about you, Nate? Uh, this is my exposure to him, but I'm really excited to just dive deeper on this. Okay, yeah, I, I'm telling you, he's as soon as you see him, he's got a look. He's got a look, and we'll talk about how well he pulls it off, like performance-wise. But uh, take in—I I mean, what I like about Don Lee is if you look at his filmography, because there's a lot of movies I have not mentioned. He's done a lot of drama, a lot of comedy. I probably gravitated to more towards action. Uh, films than anything. Those are the ones I picked out, the ones that I've seen. But there's, it makes total sense why Hollywood is now picking him to come over and star in some major blockbusters like, you know, a Marvel film like The Eternals. Total sense to me. Um, the other person that's in this as sort of the uh, black hat, the, the main villain, is Yoon Kai Sang, and he plays the character Zheng Chen. I don't know much about this actor, but I, we will talk about his performance in the film. Spoiler alert, he's freaking fantastic. So, Brad, you talked about the awards. I, dude, I, it is amazing. Here are the awards and nominations. You just, you touched on this, but listen to this for a second. The 37th Korean Association of Film Critics Award, top 10 films, The Outlaw, it won. Best New Director, it won that. Um, was, uh, it won, it looks like 38th Blue Dragon Film Awards nominated and one for best director or no, it was nominated for best director nominated for best technical achievement stunts and nominated for best film editing ninth Korea film reporters association film rewards, best supporting actor. It won that one. Um, 54th, uh, Boxing arts award, 
best actor, best supporting actor, best new actor, all nominated. Um, best new director, it won that one. Best screenplay, nominated. 23rd Chunsa Film Art Awards, best new director, won that one. Best actor, nominated. Best supporting actor, nominated. Uh, 27th Bui uh, Film Awards, best new director, nominated. Best new director, nominated for 55th Grand Bell Award. I mean, the so- second Soul Awards, best supporting actor and best new actor nominations. I mean, 18th Director's Cut Awards, best new director, won. Kang Yun Song. This list goes on and on for specifically all of the Korean film awards. This thing showed up on everybody's list and won a lot of stuff specifically for director and film. The other thing to keep in mind before we talk about thoughts on the film is this is actually based on a true story. So when, yes, John, several true stories. Yes. So it's a little bit of a compilation of things but the one that it gravitates to the most, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, John, is the Huxapa incident? Yes. Okay. Yep. So here's what I, uh, this took me a lot to the find. The Lufthansa heist? <laughs> no, no, not that. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I found an article from April 26, 2007, Chinese criminal gangs battle for soul turf. So here, here it is. Um, a gang war involving a Chinese crime syndicate in Western Seoul surfaced yesterday when police announced the arrest of seven ethnic Koreans from China on charges of organizing a gang and stealing money from bar and karaoke owners. 25 other people has also been investigated. The Seoul Metropolitan Police Agency said um, it, it basically goes on. The group is alleged to have assaulted nine people working at karaoke parlors or bars near the town between October last year and February, extorting a total of 2.8 million won, which is about $3,010 from victims on 10 occasions. Um, in December last year, 46-year-old ethnic Korean was stabbed and then had 1 million won stolen from the gang. The victim was a member of another crime gang consisting of ethnic Koreans from uh, Halejong, which was fighting a turf battle with Chinese gang, police said. So this article just goes through in details that basically you have um, really these Chinese immigrants and John help me out here, but Chinese immigrants come into the country mm-hmm. and they start um, gangs or they start extortion. And then should they risk possibly being caught, they evacuate the country, sit it out for a little bit and then come back in. Yep. yep. Right. And so that's kind of the major premise of the film is at its heart, you have a group of police officers who have one night to round up 25 gang members, three very specific, brutal, almost sociopaths, because if they don't do it at the same time in one night, then the chances of them escaping, they, they won't be able to catch them. And then they'll just come back into the borders and it starts all over again. I, I think this film takes place in 2004. Is that correct, Troy? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, John, did you want to add anything to that? Because like you said, it is based on a couple of different incidents, but that's the primary driver of it is that yeah, so, particular raid. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's just like you said, it's a, it's a compilation of stuff and um, I'll touch upon it later. But um, I just wanted to make sure that was put out there because for those who have not seen it and it's going to be a first time watch, um, you'll understand the point that I'm going to make a little bit later on. Yeah. And again, it's, it's kind of a cool setup. It's, you've got three, you know, the movie is about three gangs all sort of going at each other. 
with this um, group of four police officers caught in the middle uh, trying to make peace, but more importantly, trying to stop these three sociopaths. Um, and we'll talk about that. Now, before we talk about thoughts on the film, I just found this out. I didn't know this. Um, I, I, for some reason, thought that this was being remade um, by Sylvester Stallone. I went back and did my research, and it was um, the other one that he did where it's the um, the cop, the gangster, and the devil. I can't even remember the title. The Gangster, the Cop, and the Devil, 2019. Yeah. So this one did get remade, though, already this year, and it was remade as a Bollywood film called Rod Hay, You're Most Wanted. came out in May of 2021. It was a Hin, uh, Indian Hindi language action thriller film directed by Prabhu Deva, starring uh, or produced by Salman Khan. And the core plot of the film is based on the 2017 Korean film, The Outlaws. Um, what's funny about this is publications like the Indian Express named Radhi as one of the worst Bollywood films of 2021. Remake didn't go over well. Brad, I will I, not be checking that out. I sent you the trailer to it. Did you watch it? Yeah. Yeah, it looked terrible, didn't it? Yeah, it's a Bollywood yeah. film. Well, no. <laughs> Look. <laughs> All right, I'm not going there with you tonight. Yeah, and didn't they? I think Bollywood also did a remake of The Champion called The Runner Up. I think that's going to be. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This is popular. This is. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, before, before, we wanted, before we get into our thoughts of the film, I wanted to ask is. Because there's no guns in this film. I'm assuming South Korea has really strict gun laws. I could have looked it up, but I just thought I would ask and we could talk about it. Is that why there's no guns in this film? Because Korea has strict gun laws? Very correct. Yep. Okay. Very, very, very strict gun laws. Okay. I I just thought since we were talking about it, it makes sense for this because, uh, you know, axes and knives are, are the weapons and everyone's afraid of getting stabbed and not you know, normally it would be, hey, I'm going to get shot, but no, they're trying to get not get stabbed. Yeah, so that's a really stab, good point, stab. Brad. It's it's a film that when you talk about a police procedural drama, what makes it unique is it's not your cops with guns, it's not necessarily your car chases, etc. It has a different feel to it because crime happens a little bit different in this film than it would in a traditional american action police drama right yeah and that doesn't mean there's not a body count or anything like that oh, it's no just yeah, different. yeah yep exactly that's a good point um so let's talk about the film and i think i want to start so john and i've seen this before so i don't want to start with john or me but no i want to, no. I want to start with brad first so brad you i most times can figure out if you're going to like something and when I put this on our list, and I, I put this on our list months ago, knowing we'd have this one little gap between one themed month versus another themed month, and I was so excited for you to see this film because I knew you would really like it. So was I right? Yeah, you were. I, I, I like this film as like a police procedural film. I was maybe wanting a little bit more action, uh, but that's not the film, the faults of the film. Like me wanting something that the film just isn't, um, is not really the fault of the film. It's more on me of my, in my expectations, but you know, we learn again through some of the action. We learn a lot about our lead character, Don Lee through the little, um, spats he has with people, um, where he will just straight up 
smack someone and then they are <laughs> literally down on the ground. So, you know, you, he's showing the film is showing you just how strong and powerful this character is. Um, I really like the conflict going on in this movie. Um, the tension that it builds. Um, I, I did have to kind of go back in the, the double crossing and the, and the kind of backstabbing plot confused me a little bit. I did have to kind of go back and retrace my steps. Um, again, that's not the fault of the movie. It was, it was me, but the enemies in this movie, the, the guys that are kind of causing all this chaos, um, you are rooting so hard against them. And you want <laughs> uh, Don Lee and his gang to bring them down. And, you know, you want in these films, you want the good guy and the bad guy to square off at the end and you want it to pay off for that runtime. And I think this one does. So I really enjoyed it. Um, it's a really cool police movie. Um, but I mean, God, those bad guys are so bad. <laughs> like it's really gnarly. And uh, yeah, yeah, you really are. It's really fun to root against them. Um, so yeah, you were right. Good point. All right, Nate, your first time watch. We, we watched it last night. Yes. So I was sitting right next to you and I, I know the answer, but people who weren't there, what, what were your first impressions? I felt like I was watching a comedy with some action interspersed with it, but realizing how dark and bloody as it was, was just felt like the comedy shouldn't belong and match, but it did. It, it, it completely worked for me. It was a lot of fun. I don't know how many times I was laughing out loud and then how many tense moments there were. I mean, there was even one moment where I think I turned to you after the scene and I was like, I don't like any of these characters. <laughs> Why am I caring if they end up killing each other? Um, it, it, it was, I had a great time watching it. You were a lot of fun. So most of like my favorite experience in films is when you go with somebody who is so invested in what's going on that they make the audible noises and, uh, you know, like, Oh my God, or they're laughing out loud or when they just turn to you and go, did I just see that? And I think I experienced all of it. Cause I've watched this thing. I don't know how many times, uh, and, and this is the type of film that I love watching with somebody you're introducing it to, and especially somebody who gets into it because um, you're absolutely right. You were laughing quite a bit. And then when you weren't laughing, there was this audible, oh my God. And um, it, it was just sitting next to a roller coaster of emotions going up and down to the point towards the end where you're like, uh, to, and Brad makes a good point. You get to that end. And you go, he has, he has to get this guy. And you literally were on the edge of your seat. I don't know if you noticed it. Your body posture towards the end of the film, you couldn't get any closer to the screen. It was kind of funny. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. All right, John. So you and I have seen this before. What what did you think about revisit? You've revisited this, what, three times during the week? During the week. Yeah, it was just that good. Um, you know, the first time we watched it together, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um but it, it, it's it's for me. I lost a lot because I'm trying to translate while I'm interpreting what I'm seeing, and um, you know. So while I got a lot of it, thought it was still great. Um, the second watch, I didn't rely uh, so much on the translations or the subtitles. It was just going back through the story and just. I understand why it got so many awards um, 
Because again, this wasn't just one story. It's a compilation of stories of, of all these crime events that happened in 2000, you know, culminating in, in the arrest in, arrests in 2004, um, where the movie, you can't really tell that. I mean, that's how, that's how great it was. You know, it was like, okay, here's the start of all this stuff happening, and this is how it's going to end. But it's like little bitty stories that are thrown all together to make one big drawn out. Um, the characters, yeah. Um, Don Lee's awesome. Um, Yoon Kim Sung, um, he, interesting tidbit, he was a K-pop star. Um, yep. He, he, yeah, you know, I, I think his last one, his last, you know, K-pop career ended in 2018. So he does this movie, and I'm, I'm looking at images from back then to, you know, him playing uh, Jung Chen. And it's like, wow. And you, everybody's right. I mean, this guy, holy crap, what a bunch of assholes. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, you know, and kind of funny when I, you know, in the first watch, I'm hearing them cuss at each other. And I swore my mom was in the room talking to me again, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, so it was really, it was really fun to watch. And again, um, you know, Don Lee, he was magnificent. You know, he's, he's the big tough cop who's coming to clean up the streets, but the humor was just perfect. I mean, big tough cop walks in on a fight. He's still talking on the phone. He puts a wrist lock on somebody and he's like, you come here, come here, come here. And it's, it's just, it was just, it was just great. And, you know, third time I watched it, it was an immediate rewatch. Cause I was like, man, this movie was so awesome. And just, just enjoyed it for the cinematics and, and the characters again, just, I could not believe the depth they, they went with some of the characters that they weren't really, I mean, aside from the guys who got their asses kicked or killed, but you understood a lot of the side characters, even some of the behind the scenes characters. And, you know, again, that, that ending, the, the whole culmination in, in the bathroom, um, it, it was, it, man, home run, home run, home run. Yeah. I, I love recommending this film to people who are okay with subtitles, who like not, not action film. I, I don't sell this thing as like an action film. I just sell no. this thing as a, if you want to watch a really good film, has action in it, has has like to me the next big international superstar because I I think Don Lee is that good, and I've I've watched so many Don Lee films now I'm a hundred percent you know just hundred percent convinced I'm I'm in the Don Lee fan club, but I truly love this film because from its visuals, from its pacing, from its story, uh, from the you know from the performances it draws me in every time I watch it. And I've seen this thing, I don't know, a dozen times. Every time I sit down and watch it, it draws me in and I go through all of the emotional beats and it still feels fresh. And I'm still just, you get to the end sequence and you get to the big battle at the end where you've got these just two uncompromising forces coming at each other. Cause that that's the great thing about this film you have two unstoppable forces and it lays that out early on. And you know that those two have to meet at some point and how it's going to play out. It, it, it just doesn't disappoint in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what you want in these films is, you know, the good guy and the bad guy at the end, they have to meet and that build up for an hour and 45 minutes it has to pay off at the end. Yes. Um, Cause then you're going to leave the film with the sour taste in your mouth. Um, they have to nail, it doesn't matter 
how good 85% of this movie is. If they don't nail the last 15%, then you're going to walk out and say, well, it was fine, but the last action piece wasn't that great. And I felt kind of unfulfilled. Um, well, I, I will disagree on one point of that. I, I think, so you're right. Like if you have a great 85%, you can just flub the landing and then you go, eh, it was an okay film. But in order for that ending to have impact, you have to have a great 85% in order for that 15% to matter. And it can go from good to great with a, you know, that last 15% or it can go from good to meh. Yeah. Just as easily. And I, I would say this goes from great to you stuck the landing because I can't remember a film. Uh, I don't know. I, you love Batman, right? The 89 Batman. Of course. Uh, who doesn't? Yeah. So I think, I think a lot of people when that thing came out gravitated to Jack Nicholson and Michael Keaton got overshadowed, but today everybody caught on. Those are two great performances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think they are equal in performances when it comes down to it. I haven't seen a film like the outlaws in a long time where your villain and your hero are kind of matched in terms of intensity performance i mean you're (laughs) you hate the bad guy so much it makes you like the good guy even more but you love the good guy for the way that he's acting and he's not just a plain good guy i mean when we talk about his performance he's got flaws but he knows those flaws and and he's 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 human like he's so authentic yeah yeah i mean you're exactly right i mean again this this was what 2017 again to your point for in terms of characters and and falling in love and 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 having them suck you in um i I can't remember another film you know having just rewatched this again where i you know the two main characters the antagonist and the protagonist you're just sitting there going man these performances just are downright you know best thing i've seen in however long um you know, to Brad's point, um, you know, like the movie Peninsula, I thought it was great up, you know, up to 80%, but it was that last 20%, the ending of the movie, how it, how it wound down. It was like, wow. Yeah. That, you that, know? that, that ending dragged in Peninsula. I, I yeah, agree. You know, and that, and that for me took away from the rest of the movie, to, you know, to, right to Brad's point. Um, but outlaws just, it, it starts on the, you know, I'm, I'm getting on the on-ramp, uh, traffic starting to move along and holy cow, here we go. And at the very ending, you're like, ah, yeah, that, that was, that was worth the ride. I, I will say for me, I think the last half an hour of this movie is really where it gets into a nice flow when they start to turn and say, okay, we're going to go after all these guys. That's when it's like, okay, this movie just turned it up a notch. And I am on, I was already on board for the first bit, but that last half an hour, I think, is pretty spot on. Maybe it's less 45 minutes. I mean, it just goes. Yeah, I was going to say, if, um, if it's not the mid mark, but it feels like just after the mid mark. Yeah, when, I think there's a yeah. lot of buildup in that first hour. And not to say that it's like doing anything wrong. We're kind of developing characters, we're getting to know his guys that work with him. You know, he even has. Um, a guy kind of have a change of heart because he gets injured. Um, we're introduced to the kid that runs the little fruit, the food stand or whatever, the food store, um, food store, like restaurants, <laughs> <laughs> restaurants, uh, and, uh, you know, food store. Uh, and, you know, we're developing all these characters. Then the community comes together and all this stuff. There's a lot of good moments in this film, 
but the last 45 minutes is is pretty unmatched. Yeah, yeah. and that's where I what I really love about this movie is for me it starts off like you know action comedy, then it gets more into a docudrama, and then you know, Brad exactly to your point, you know the last 40 minutes of the 45 minutes of the movie, it's like man, this is this is a crime story now, and, and man, it, it's bad guy versus good guy, and what are we going to see? So it hits a range of genres all within one film for me, um, that just really elevates it beyond a lot of a lot of the stuff that they're putting out nowadays. I mean, this is essentially like a mob movie, you know, like this is, yeah, yeah. this is like a mob movie. This is Martin Scorsese could do this film, um, you know, with Italians and it translates. I agree. hundred percent. You know, now that you say that it, it reminded me of, uh, what's the one with Costner in it with the untouchables. Yes. Untouchables? You, oh, yeah. You, that's yeah. a great water world. No, <laughs> yes. no, you're right. The untouchables <laughs> because the untouchables was a lot of fun. It had some serious beats to it. And at the end of the day, you are just so excited when Kevin Costner just throws the guy off the roof. Um, and this has the element of that. But yeah, that, that's a good comparison. Now, here's the question, because I, you had made some comments, Nathan, after we talked about it. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the question I want to ask for everybody. So this film is an interesting blend of comedy and brutal action. Not action, brutal action. I mean... Like you said, Brad, there's no guns here. This is stabbing, cutting, decapitations, cutting limbs off, crunching, crunching, um, crunching. E- even as the there's title. even like there's even a lot of violence towards women in this film too. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can't kind of play that off. You know, it is very, very violent to women. Um, they they get it in this movie. Yeah, and <laughs> and just as the title card is coming up for the outlaws, I mean, you've got these three guys holding a a guy down that they're collecting debt from, and they're taking a sledgehammer trying to hit his hand. Yeah. So while making jokes, while making jokes, and, yeah, there, there, there's no lack of enjoyment there. Like they're just loving it. Yeah. So here's my question. I'll start with you, Nathan. So it, it's got that blend of comedy, and and you're right. We were both laughing pretty hard in some scenes, and then it goes to this brutal action. Does the blend work? I think absolutely it works. It. it I think there's some films that try that and that's just the pacing feels off and you're like, no, you shouldn't be laughing at this moment or that's just weird timing that this, it just flows well for me. Okay. What about you guys, Brad, John? I I will be honest with you. I did not find this that funny. Um, And I don't know if that's the language barrier or I was just having a a tough time switching between, uh, oh my God, that guy's hand just got sledgehammered and they cut off that other guy's hand with an ax. Um, wow, that's funny. Or um, I, I don't know. I just, I was not laughing a whole lot during this film because I think I was more kind of taken, the the action and the violence I think was was the thing that kind of took me and it was, it was difficult for me to get out of that lane. Okay. Oops. I got a question for you. So, did you not laugh with Taser, Taser Lee Esquire? No, I no. Okay, yes, <laughs> okay. I, I did. I did. Yes, yes. Uh, you know what? Now that you say that, every time they had someone coming into the little station, the and truth they cover room. up the camera. That that's pretty. That to me was pretty funny. But you know, I have a hard time right now, like in the climate, like thinking, oh yeah, police brutality. That's pretty yeah. funny. Like <laughs> completely it's fair. One of those yeah, things yeah, yeah. where it's like, yeah, I know this is different, but. Um, I did, yeah, the taser thing was pretty funny. You're right. I did laugh pretty hard with that. All right, what about you, John? 
Taser, yeah, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> taser face. Um, but yeah, no, it wasn't to me. The comedy was to me just the right amount of blend, and um, maybe because it, it it is a cultural thing, um, being Korean, uh, part Korean, um, just understanding. Wait, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This side, this side, and that side. Um, but it, it, you know, just understanding some of the nuance and some of the dialogue that we're going for. I was, I, I think, I was probably laughing a little bit more and chuckling. I don't know if you remember Troy a lot more than you were on some of those things. Like, you know, he's he's asking the one guy. He's like, "Hey, why is this egg so dry?" Yeah, because <laughs> it's, it's a boiled, boiled egg. egg. <laughs> Oh, I was, yeah, yeah, I yeah, was yeah, laughing yeah. hysterically during because that whole sequence when the gang member comes through and they're talking about yeah we got to shake down the guys with the the serpent tattoo and that dude's like trying to cover it up a little <laughs> yeah. bit yeah you're you're right so I'll, I'll give While you while he's watching the massage yeah you know yeah. Yeah. so the, the first time I watched this I think I was taken aback by the violence and I would kind of chuckle or smirk. But my whatever fourteenth viewing, I'm laughing pretty hard at some scenes now because I know the violence is coming. But that that's a great scene, John, because that whole bathroom shower scene where they're like at yeah. um, I don't know the workout place and they're yeah. they're just trying to get cleaned up because they've been working two weeks straight. Yeah, yeah, and and you know in regards to the violence, what I what I loved about this movie is is um, yeah back you know back in those days, uh, even to this day, I mean. It is violent. It is up close. Um, it, it is. It is. But it wasn't. It wasn't visceral. It wasn't a gore fest in your face. It's like, oh shoot, he got stabbed. You know what I mean? Oh, he got an axe. Oh, you know what I mean? Um, and I appreciated that because the way it was shot and the way you you view it on the screen, um, it, it was to me impactful. Like. Holy crap! That dude's. Oh yeah, he's dead. Oh yeah, he's gonna feel that in the morning. Um, so I appreciate that. And again, the comedy, I thought, uh, sprinkled just right. But uh, as Brad said earlier, when it got to the point where like, you know, hey, let's, let's turn this up another level and, and put this into overdrive, the comedy kind of like stops. Yeah. And it, it totally, you know, changes gears and it's a different feel and vibe, uh, you know, for that last, you know, 40, 45 minutes. It, it's not a gory violence either. I, no, I feel like you not. see the after effect of it. Um, as an example, they're searching for body parts in Chinatown, and you ne- the camera always pans away or kind of moves out of the way when it could be gory. And you see acts of violence happening, It's and you see splashes of blood, but you don't see anything it, gruesome, per se. Right. It looks like it's real. Yeah. But not over yeah. the top, and it's not like zooming in on it. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, there's he, no fetishizing of the violence or anything like that. Yeah, no, no it's I, grounded. It's very grounded. It, it is very grounded, and and honestly, um, and Troy, and you know, I'm not sure about our others, but you know, even though we studied martial arts, we understand we get into a street fight, all that stuff goes out the window. Yeah, you know what I mean. Someone runs at you at a knife, you let them get in too close. That's how it's going to go. You're getting cut. Yeah. Period. Yep. And, th- and that's the way it was portrayed. And, and it, it, but again, it wasn't like in your face, blood splatter here everywhere. It was just, you know, quick bang, 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 boom, done. So, yeah. But I would much rather, and again, I'd much rather have my violence where there's consequences to that violence um, in that realness. Um, you know, I hate it when something in films happens and someone, you know, is shot or whatever. And then the hero is, totally fine. You're like, no, you literally have a bullet in your arm. You yeah. can't be doing that. Yeah, now that- I will say in this, Don Lee gets, you know, T-boned 
and he's holding his arm for a while, but later on in the in the bathroom fight, that arm's doing quite all right. So, you know, he has a little super helo, you know, he's weapon Xing there for a little bit, but you no, know, whatever. <laughs> it's Don yeah, Lee. Come on, dude. That yeah, that yeah. bicep is bigger than like all of our heads combined. <laughs> he's a big dude. Just he like huge and he meaty. I know, but dude, he looks so cool. I mean it and it's not like Schwarzenegger bulky. He just has this look where he's um I don't know. He's, he's thick. He's thick with two C's, man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, he's a guy at the gym that like, all right, I'm going to do biceps. And then after I get done doing biceps, I'm going to do biceps again. And then after that, I might do some more biceps. Like, I'm going to go lift this car. And uh, yeah, he's just, wow. Yeah. Wow. And it's surprising. He can't run though. He cannot run. Well, he, he, cannot oh, run. he, he gets he gassed, run. but the dude that, can that, box. That was a great joke in there. Yeah. He can box. He is. I'm sure quick. he can. I'm sure he can. No, he d- he does in this film. If you watch those action sequences, he is dodging and weaving like crazy. And uh, I mean, he's he sticks and moves for a guy that size. He is impressive with his fists. Yeah, I mean, well, he. I think part of his background didn't he train like MMA fighters? Yeah. a couple of them. I think so. Yeah, so I mean, he's got a background. Yeah. All right, he so can't run, he can't run though. Yeah, he's <laughs> nah, but nah. it's but hey, full disclosure, it's not like a Steven S- Seagal like weird run. It's hey, just, oh, you yeah. better watch your mouth, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> when he's running, when he's running you can you. tell he like the half block. He's like, all right, I'm getting gassed, and they play into that joke a little bit. Yeah. My um, ponytail weighs me down. <laughs> <laughs> so does the five hamburgers you ate, bud. <laughs> All right, here's my other question. So is is Don Lee's cop crooked or does he just bend the rules? He's corrupt, dude. He's a corrupt <laughs> cop. But he he you know, he dishes out the wealth that he doesn't he doesn't collect for the for himself and let his boys go home empty-handed. He's uh, an equal opportunity corrupt cop. Yeah, it's almost like he's not taking advantage of the situation for himself. It's just as a way to make ends meet and improve things the way he thinks he can improve things yeah i I know what you think john um well i don't think he's corrupt i this is my opinion and not the opinion of my employer or the producers or (laughs) members of this station yeah Um, man same shut up uh, (laughs) (laughs) um my view back in that days he's a cop that did what needed to be done to get the job done Um, so so culturally is it I mean, can you speak to this? Maybe that's just the way things are done, the way policing is done there. Um, not, it's not the standard normal practice, no. Um, but it's, it's for those who's like, hey, we got a serial killer. We need you to find him. But, you know, this guy's not talking, but he knows everything. Well, what do you want to do? Gotcha. You know, you know what I mean? Are you going to play nice? Or, you know, as Donnelly portrayed, you know, the guy just, he comes out of his mouth sideways and he just he gives him a super hard pimp slap, you know, knocks his ass down, and and you know the rest of the guys just fall in line the way they're supposed to. So while he's not a hero, he's he's not quite an anti-hero. Um, he to me, um, he just comes off as you know he's the guy that's in charge of solving this issue, taking care of this issue, and he's going to do what he needs to do to get the job done. And for me, I was okay with that. Yeah, I, I will say his corruptness or his bending of rules as a cop does not affect the way I I feel about him as a person or his likability as a character. I actually 
think he has a lot of really good character moments. Um, that moment with the kid, um, cause boy, I almost thought there was kid death in this film. And I was, I was <laughs> oh, getting yeah. pretty torn up, uh, <laughs> when he goes in there and sees that kid on the ground. Oh, yeah. And he's it, out his it's head a gut. And At that point you are like, just, Oh. Well, because well, and there's things that again, happen the in the film that made you believe that that could be a possibility, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. oh yeah, because the violence has consequences in yes. this film. You're like, oh, that kid's dead. That kid's dead, and um, it it it's work, but he, that moment is so earned because he's got all those little moments with that kid leading up to there. Um, you know, so when the bad guy is towering over that kid, and then it cuts away, and then the next scene he's laying on the ground and you're like, Oh, he's been killed. Um, so again, and even that, like his sort of becoming a father figure to the guys that work for him, um, you know, the guy that wants to leave because he got hurt, you know, he's like, okay, I'll put it in a good word for you. Like he has all these character moments where you're like, I don't, you know, so what you've been the rules and you do what you have to do. You're a good guy to the people around you. Um, and, I'll root for you, a because you're not anywhere as bad as the guy that's coming in and just causing havoc. So maybe that helps too. Well, I I like these little instances where he's taking money from the gangsters and then giving it to the people. Yeah. So when when he's yeah, taking that's called the money, Robin Hood. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! You derail with these Steven Seagal things. Anyways, trying trying to make a critical. Character oh. development thing, Steven. You should um, talk about under siege. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, he keeps it up. Erica Eliniak better be popping out of a cake here soon. Well, I just hope he doesn't go <laughs> and start uh, playing some blues songs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't hear the, uh, but no, I just, so my interpretation of it, he's, he's more interested in keeping the pay, keeping the peace versus enforcing the law. Like that's his character. And on the surface you go, wow, he's taking money. He's doing this, but He's literally taking the money. It's not from a bribe perspective. He's like going up to a gangster. And he's like, "Hey, you're paying for this, and oh, by the way, give him this." And and he's like, "And if you oh, try, by the way, you're the, you're the boss, but I stole your wallet, and now yeah. we're, we're eating on you." <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's stuff like that where the boss is like, "Oh, I've I've got a cold or a cough," and he's running out the door, and he's like, well, "Where are you going? How are you going to divvy out the money in your wallet that I got?" So um, there, there's, but that's what makes it almost charming. Is that uh, you know he's he's talking to the street stand and he's he's stealing money from the gangster and giving it to the guy or to the boy. Um, he's like, why does it food. cost so much? He's it, like, I got takeout. Yeah, I got takeout. <laughs> yeah. And then he gives it to out. his buddies and then he goes, if you try and take the money back from the kid, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I love those moments and solid um, tip there too, like 116 dollars yes. tip. Yeah, yeah. Bucks, yeah. But again, he's he like he is doing the Robin Hood thing where he's stealing from the gangsters to give to and. Like, there's a charm to it. You know, it's not right. I, I guess it kind of, you talked about this, Brad, I, I was surprised too. So you've got these interrogation tactics, right? So you got the truth room where they put a helmet on a guy and then cover the camera and not to leave bruises. <laughs> they just start pounding the helmet because <laughs> yep. this guy won't talk. Then you got Tazy Taser Esquire, which <laughs> I laugh out loud every time <laughs> I see that. So because he asked for his lawyer. Yeah. Cause yes. he asked for his lawyer. <laughs> Um, so obviously this wouldn't play well in, in like us theaters today, given the sensitivity around police officers going too far and stuff like that. But it, it works as comedy in this film. 
And I think it helps that your villains are so bad and your good guys are so charming that they pull it off. And I, I put that as a combination between the pace of the film, like they're doing it at the right times, the performances of the characters, and then also the script. So um, cops going above the law is sort of a, a typical cop movie trope. And in America, I, I, you would get those, well, I'm going, you know, I'll, can you do your Steven Seagal? Yeah, man, I'm going above the law. Yeah, there you go. So <laughs> Stephen Skull goes above the law, and everybody's like, I'm going oh. to be hard to kill. <laughs> <laughs> but here, it, it I don't and think... she was going to be marked for death. <laughs> Sorry. Jesus. That's all my Stephen Skull Because I'm alpha, alpha justice, man. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, that's all Stephen Seagal films, right? I hope I... Oh, oh you no, forgot. You forgot fire so. down below. Oh, no. Fire down below. Oh, yeah. Um... But yeah, I, I, I don't think this film celebrates any of it. I think what's amazing is it takes that, that cop going above the law trope and it kind of turns it on its head a little bit. And uh, you're kind of rooting for it to a certain degree, which I found fascinating. I think that's how good the movie is. Yeah, Again, like, like you said, though, the villains are villains in this movie. They are really bad. <laughs> oh, they're super uh, assholes. So, you know, you can... You can I can look the other way with the police brutality stuff because I want those guys to, to stop, you know, it's an arcade, man. They're the karaoke arcade where people are literally smoking a thousand cigarettes while they, you know, gamble. I want that place to be able to function correctly, Troy. I I want it to, to not. (laughs) (laughs) And and the food and the food shop, the food shop, restaurant. Uh, What? I want nothing but to go karaoke in Korea with Brad right now. <laughs> yeah. And just smoke cigarettes. Just and do I don't Steven smoke cigarettes, Seagal but... songs. I want to do the entire oh, yeah. Steven Seagal album. <laughs> oh. Uh, that, yeah. that I... Mm, yeah. Okay. No, we're doing it. It's on the bucket list. So, hey, let's talk about performances. All right. Can we gush on Don Lee for a few minutes? Who, who wants to go first? If we haven't already. No, Why no, don't no. you go first, Troy? Because yeah, I feel Troy. like you, you have the most to say. Okay, yeah. so I, I'm going to fanboy over this thing. He has the best tough guy entrance I've seen in a long time. John, you you talked about this. Yep. So two guys are having a knife fight, and he just walks up while he's on the phone, takes the knife from one, and then the other gives it up. And then he's trying to investigate, like, who stabbed who. And he, Which, like, not to interrupt, but, like, that tells you so much about a character in yes. the first two minutes than – any sort of expository dialogue can do like right then and there, you know, that guy is a badass, and like, and he's got like a cool suit on too. So you're like, Oh, this guy can dress pretty well. He doesn't really dress that well in the movie, but after that, that shirt he wears, that black shirt is horrendous. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. And he's wearing a sweater that barely fits. Like it's a, yeah. it's a smedium. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, smedium. It's definitely a European small. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, he, he, and then he's chasing this gangster and you get this comedy about, you made me run in my knees, but the, the guy runs around the corner. And next thing you know, the camera doesn't move. The guy is stumbling backwards because he ran into Don Lee and all of a sudden, he's like, oh, is that the knife you stabbed the guy with when he pulls it out? And he pull, Don Lee just pulls out this bag, and he's like, put it in the bag. Yep. Yeah. And the dude's the like still trying to stab him, so he just slaps him. Like one, It wasn't even a punch. It was a slap. Yeah. Uh, I believe they call that a bitch slap. Yeah, and then the guy is just unconscious, so he puts the knife in the bag, and then he's rolling the guy on the side like, hey, hey, wake up. But that whole interest, I cannot remember sort of uh, a character entrance that is as cool 
as that. I mean, his charisma is freaking undeniable. I can't tell if he's acting or if just naturally he's this character and it was written for him. Um, there's this authenticity to his performance. He's like this blue collar cop who just wants to solve the case. And I love the fact that they keep promising him like you do this and you'll, you'll be captain. He's like, I don't care about that. I want to catch this guy. I want to take care of my men. Um, and I've talked about this for, for as big as he is muscular wise, that dude can move because if you look at the action sequences, when he throws down and it's not this one punch stuff, he's got some freaking boxing moves and he is quick on his feet. Um, and I, I love the fact that his arms are so big. You've got that sequence where he can't, he can't tell if he's been bruised or cut. And the, the 15 year old arm. kid yeah. comes back. He's like, what'd you do? And he's like trying to look at, it. he's like, I, I don't know. I can't see it. <laughs> that happens to me daily. Does it Steven? Oh yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, that's, I, I I'm going to make you half past eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus. No, no, no. Troy is out of reach. Yeah. Sorry. Um, oh, we're going to go through the whole Steven Seagal filmography and just make puns now. I've, I've literally, I don't remember anymore. So. Okay. No, I just, I, this is one of my favorite actors of recent memory. And well, to be fair, you don't get a Marvel movie in your, a statue. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't get to be in the Eternals, which is like a big yeah. part of, you know, reintroducing, you know, new characters into the MCU. You don't get to be in that movie if you don't have some sort of film presence. Um, and he has it. I 100% agree. I would say he is currently, I'm, I'm kind of in Cameron's camp on this. If you put a movie together and you go, oh, Don Lee's in this, like Eternals to me looks like crap. I'm not interested in that whatsoever. However, the fact that Don Lee's in it, I'm like super hyped over that film. So he's one of those actors that currently all the stuff that I've seen him in, if I run across something that Don Lee's in, I'm going to see it because I've seen so many of his films already and I haven't found one where I've like, wow, Don, Don Lee's just not great in it. Even if the film is mediocre, Don Lee is fantastic. So but, are you going to say you're making a executive decision to see, um, <laughs> the Eternals? Oh, yeah, executive decision. That's another one of my movies. He went there. He yep. went into the dark territory. I am, uh, <laughs> making executive decision. To go see the Troy's about to say gotcha. to you, Brad, today you die. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no, what else? I mean, do, am, am I wrong about how no, amazing you're, Don you're Lee not, is? Yeah. He, he, and, and again, he can do the action parts, but you have to have a guy who can pull off the character moments. Yeah. And when he sees that kid laying on the ground, you're like, oh, this guy's got it. He's got it. Because I felt it in that moment, I'm like, okay, I feel exactly how he feels and he is doing it perfectly. Well, and I, I love the last sequence. I mean, we'll talk about the action, but the final confrontation, you expect him after all of this crap went down and this 15-year-old kid almost lost his life and he finally catches him. And all of a sudden, you know, this, this main bad guy turns to him and says, um, well, it, even before he says anything, Don Lee is looking at the sink and goes, man, you waste so many tissues and you're not even a taxpayer. <laughs> I'm like dying laughing. Yep. And then the dude turns around. And he's like, are you alone? He's like, well, 
Well, yeah, I'm still single. I mean, Don Lee <laughs> yeah. is so cool. He's not letting that rage go, but you know that rage is coming. But that, oh God, that this sounds crazy. That is Burt Reynolds cool. That is 70s Burt Reynolds cool, what Don Lee pulls off in that last sequence. I'll, I'll take your word for it, Dad. Uh, it is. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to talk about the, the bathroom fight? Well, let's let's talk about um, UK UK song, UK song, UK song. Um, Nathan, you made this comment, and I thought it was pretty interesting. There's the exchange when his buddies released um, from the two Chinese officers. This is when you turn to me, and um, he he's he comes to Yoon to tell him about a drug distribution deal, and um, you you don't like any of these guys. But all of a sudden, you're worried what Yoon's character is going to do to him because he's that evil. Yeah, e- even though I'd be perfectly fine if both of them died. Like, they're, he's tossing a table, and it's just incredibly tense. And the scene ends, and I'm like, wait, I, I, I'm fine if all these people are harmed because they're so evil and bad. But, but you, it was just so well played that I, it was just so intense. Yeah, I love that you're, you never know what's going to set that guy off. You think you do, and it doesn't, and then it gets to a point where it's like, oh, now he's going to act, and it's all crazy town. Quiet rage is always the scariest thing yeah. when it comes to characters. Quiet rage is like, all of a sudden, I'm going from zero to ten, and you don't know when Why? I'm going to snap. Yeah, um, you know, even with the wife uh, or the girlfriend of the, the the one guy, you know, he snaps on her, and it's like, oh, this guy is a problem and he can go from zero to 10 in literally half a second. Yeah. Yeah. I love that aspect of him. Well, I, I will say, and it's not a stereotype. Um, people don't believe me when I say there are, there's a thing called Korean fire blood. Um, it, it's inherent in most Koreans. Oh, so um, wait, is, is that a Steven Can we get a Seagal full disclosure film? that John, John is, John is Korean. He's allowed to say these things. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but no, yeah. that sounds like a Steven Seagal film. No, well, I mean, seriously, um, like my mom, I mean, so we, we talk about uh, UK songs, uh, Zhang Shen, he, when he gets out of the, you know, out of the custody of the cops, um, I, I knew instantly as soon as he had, he's just answering, asked the questions. Oh, so, you know, they just let you go. But the moment he just sets his chopsticks down and just starts leaning back, I'm like, oh shit, here it comes. Yep. And he just throws the table. I mean, my mom, rest in peace. Um, her birthday was the 26th. Happy birthday, mom. Um, but that, that's how she was. You know, if I did something, she'd ask a couple questions. Then she, you know, put down her chopsticks and then she would light into me like, you know, there was no tomorrow. I mean, it, that's, that's the way it is. You, you said, it, yeah, we'll, we'll start it off uh, very quiet. And then it's just instant rage. I mean, they pull it off so well in this movie. But to your point about what made Don Lee so great was he was very capable of having that rage. But the instant he saw that young kid, you know, where he thought he was dead, oh, flip on a script. You know, he's he's almost in tears. Yeah. Well, I think he kind of was. I, I mean, it's just so, so beautiful um, how he, he he brings it all out and just how all the characters brings it all out. I mean, to the point, again, to the guy who got let go, I mean, he's just like, oh, yeah, we're going to make a ton of money. And then, you know, little weasel dude off to the side, he's just looking back and forth like, Okay, is is boss gonna kick his ass or, or are we gonna get rich? What what's happening here? I don't get it. 
and he, he sees the end result. It's just, it's just so awesome. So you're saying you don't know when he's going to hit his kill switch? Oh, yeah, kill switch. That's one of my movies. I mean, he's a dangerous man and driven to kill, right? I mean, they're all out for a kill, so. <laughs> you better watch out because I'm the lawman. I'm coming for you. And be careful. He has a Twitter account. He's going to come after you guys. Yeah. You know, them being Chinese immigrants, they're also foreigners. Oh, Lord. <laughs> it's called the, it's the foreigner. The foreigner. You better get um, it right or I'm coming to kill you. <laughs> well, let, let's talk about the actors. So before we talk about the bathroom, can we talk about the mother's birthday party for a second? Yep. Oh, with the oh, fire extinguisher? Yes. Dude, that was one take. One take, yeah. Yep. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That whole sequence. So that when he walks up, I. Th- so did they not cut at all in that? No. Or he walks in with the okay. ex- the extinguisher, and well, then it the, just the, goes one take from there, isn't it? No, I think it's well, after it, the guy with the front pans back. Yes, when um, uh, Yoon walks in with the axe, because the one guy has the extinguisher and then throws it and then runs out. That's right. And then those two are going at it. It is one take in the camera. <clears throat> what I like about this one take in particular is the camera stays with the action and it's not obtrusive. Like a lot of times with these one takes, the camera is trying to get all of these different angles and you're going to this side to this side. But that whole action sequence feels so seamless because it's seamless and you don't notice that it's one take almost. Like the yeah, first, the first. I time, usually been pretty good, like with oneers and stuff like that, but I didn't even realize that. Yeah, the first time you see it, like the first time I saw it, I didn't realize it, but it took me about two or three times. Where I'm like, wait a second, that was one take, yeah. because uh, I, I mean, to me, that's that's the I don't know mark of a good cinematographer, is you don't want the director or the camera to feel like it's there. You want to feel like you're there. Yeah. And so you're right. so caught up into what's going on in terms of the motion of the action that you totally lose sight of, is there a cut? Is there an edit? Is it one take? Whatever it is. You're just, oh my gosh, is what's going to happen with these two guys? Yeah. You want the camera to be your eye. So you want the camera to feel like in a fight, the camera's looking at stuff that you would look at. So yes. like if I'm kneeing Troy in the gut, I want to see my knee. I want to see that knee hit you in the stomach. Yeah. Um, and then I want to see what happens after that. I don't want to see, you know, you know, I don't want to miss any of that sort of uh, exchanges. Um, so you're right. Like the camera needs to move around and change focus, but it can't be too. <sighs> There's just this weird line that you can't cross. Cause once you do, you're like, Oh, that's too much. And if you don't, move enough then you're not in the action enough so there's like it's a really really hard line to get um and i don't envy any cinematographer who has to figure out when guys are choreographing fights like okay now i have to move here because we're moving left camera's got to stay left and move along with the action i've got to now come around the guys to show this part um so it's a lot of movement but it has to feel natural and then as soon as it doesn't it feels wrong. Yes. Um, it, it, it's it's literally probably one of the hardest things about fight scenes is where does the camera go? Where How does it move from one spot to the other? Um, <clears throat> because, you know, the guys that are, that are choreographing the fight are doing it, you know, it's taking them sometimes days um, to choreograph this out. 
and the camera guys got to figure out how to make it look like it just needs to like like it's like an audience is watching it what would they focus on what would they want to see um it's hard yeah, you want to lose yourself in the moment, right? Yeah. You, yeah. I, I mean, I love The Shining. Don't get me wrong, but there are parts of The Shining where I go, "This is Stan. This is the Stanley Kubrick part," and there's nothing wrong with it because visually it's interesting. But you want the story, the script, the performances, the camera, the editing, everything else to kind of converge to a point where you almost forget you're watching a movie and you're just watching something kind of unfold in in front of you. And that whole birthday sequence just works. And I'll, I'll throw another example out there. So leading up to that, there's sort of an ambush in a restaurant where he jumps out of the window and then gets into the car and you've got that one shot. And the next thing you know, you've got a shot where the car's taken off and people are jumping on it. That is a, an example. And then the camera's on the back of the car. When the yes. car starts driving by the camera's on the back, which is like an amazing shot. Yeah, and, and it's what's cool about that is between that sequence and the birthday sequence, you have a one-shot take versus a couple of cuts, but interesting camera take. But in either scenario, you're right there, and you kind of forget for a moment that it's a film as much as you're just going along with what's going on. I mean, that, that's when you know you've got a good film is you almost forget about the technical aspects of it, and you're breathing a little bit heavier. You're sweating because you feel like you're right there in that back seat or front seat. I mean, both those sequences are fantastic. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it, uh, I mean, unlike Snake Eyes, um, this oh. this is the way you should be doing it. I mean, oh, I agree. It, 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 this is the way you should be doing it because again, the director says, "This is my vision." You know, uh, cinematographer, you know, director of you know photography. He's like, "Okay, I'm going to capture what I think you're looking at." And man, you're right. It's like watching it the first time, second time, third time. I'm still. I didn't want to analyze it. I was like enjoying yes. what I was seeing. I didn't, you know, the fourth time I started analyzing a lot more, but in all those earlier watches, it's like, man, that was phenomenal because I like, to your point, Troy, you, exactly. I was in it. I was in there in that moment. And they just, they just brought, you know, the director, you know, the story to life even more so than what I was thinking. You didn't have to shake the camera to kind no. of, duplicate like oh this is what's yeah. really going on it it i it it is something that i wish all cinematographers action choreographers everybody would just look at um this movie and go this is how you do it it's so good well yeah i think we're getting away from a lot of that stuff because we film people and 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 just in general we're, we're starting to notice how that stuff should go um you know, there's a lot of even just like hearing Scott Adkins talk about that stuff. It's like, yeah, we grew up watching Jackie Chan. We know how this stuff should go and we're trying to implement it. We're trying to make sure that, you know, we're thinking about when we're choreographing, how the camera should move, all this stuff. Like, I, I think we're getting better. Um, and, you know, we're having actors first learn how to fight uh, Keanu Reeves, for example, like watch him doing. Those choreographed stuff, you know, he's not doing one beat at a time. He's doing, you know, five, six, seven, eight beats um, in a move. And then there's like a cut. It used to just be, you know, with Matt Damon, it was one, maybe <laughs> two. And then sometimes you're yeah. just getting half. Um, and then other times you're just like, you're so close. I don't even know what's going on. You know, you want to watch these two people dance together. I mean, that's all it is. Yep. 
Yeah, that's just like, you know, Steven Seagal and Keenan Ivory Reigns and the Glimmer Man. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <clears throat> that, that is yeah, not. No, mm. no. <laughs> Although, nice try, John. <laughs> sidebar, search out some of the interviews about, um, oh, the guy that gets shot in the church at the Glimmer Man. He has a great Steven Seagal story about Steven oh, Seagal gosh. having an epiphany and doesn't want to kill anybody. And Warner Brothers is like, but you got to kill all these people during the film. And Steven Seagal's like, man, I, I just saw the Dalai Lama and I don't want to kill anybody anymore. So, so in that church scene, can you see the exit wounds? Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, God, here we go. All right, let's talk about the bathroom scene. Uh, it's brutal, man, but it's fun. It's a good scene. It's it, a good culmination of a movie and it's a good payoff. Um, and it's got good pacing, but it doesn't outlast its welcome. It is. It does not suffer from, okay, because we want to make this fight seem epic, it has to be 15 minutes. That's not how real fights work. Like fights last maybe five minutes because people are getting punched. Like you can't take a Don Lee punch to the face and be okay. You just can't. Yeah. You can't. So uh, the fight has to be brutal. It has to be, you know, it has to tell a story, but it has to be in and out because in real fights, you can't beat the hell out of someone for 15 minutes and you both be okay. So you want to talk about something, Nathan, you recognized in terms of where it starts versus where it ends? So there's this interesting, well, I found it interesting, shot of the bathroom where it's like, look at this nice, pretty, pristine bathroom. And at the end of the fight, then it's a similar shot that shows, look how demolished that this bathroom is now. <laughs> they totally wrecked that bathroom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's sort of reminiscent to the, to the Mission Impossible bathroom scene um, in a way. Uh, no one cocks their forearm or their biceps like Henry Cavill in that, but oh, Lee should have. He should have. If he no, would have cocked his arms no. in that, that would have been amazing. Well, I was going to ask you about this. So one of the things I hinted about when we were talking about this episode um, when we finished Treasure Planet was Mission Impossible kind of stole from it. Well, that's not necessarily true. If you, if you think about it, Mission Impossible came out a year after, but they were filming in 2017 when this thing came out. So is there a possibility you know, Tom Cruise, somebody came across the outlaws and went, yeah, I absolutely think so. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's not, uh, you know, it's not uncommon for Hollywood to look at a sequence within an international film and go, well, we're going to replicate that. But here's the thing. I don't know if you guys have seen that bathroom sequence from mission impossible fallout lately. Mm -hmm. Yes. But I went back and watched it versus this one. Did, did anybody do that? I actually, so no. over the weekend, I had to rewire a lot of my surround sound stuff. I got some new speakers and wanted to kind of move some stuff around. And I just literally threw that on just because I was like, oh, I want to watch the bathroom scene. So I am fresh on it. Okay. What did, what did you think about it in comparison to this one? Um, so automatically, there's more people involved in the Mission Impossible one. So it's, it's not exactly apples to apples. Um, the Mission Impossible one does go on for a little bit longer. <clears throat> um, you know, it has a little bit more, um, I'd say stuff that kind of go over the top. There's a little bit of, you know, people getting pulled. Um, you know, there's the, the urinal part, you know, the guy going over the, the, the side and like basically breaking every rib in his body. Um, so it's a, that it's hard to compare like I could see where they got inspiration from, but I don't feel like I'm trying to think on the the outlaw. I don't know if it's like 
oh, that's definitely they stole that or anything like that. I don't think right. there's any sort of copyright infringement or anything like that. So No, I, I don't think so either. I, I found it interesting that I've always liked that sequence, and I still do in Mission Impossible, but it's the thing that separates this film from most action films. So as an example, they do a lot of those moves where I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you this way. I'm gonna do some fancy throw. I'll sit on your heads and you know clamp you with my thighs and flip this way and roll. And they do a lot of that Mission Impossible. It is really acrobatic kung fu moves that happen all day long. But in a street fight, you get the outlaws. Whereas you get some boxing, you get some throws, you get some wrist locks, you get everything else, but it really feels more MMA. And in Mission Impossible, they're throwing people through toilets and stalls and everything else, but it doesn't have any impact to it because they're getting up and they're flipping around and doing you know kicks and I'm going to tear a pipe off and stab it in your throat and all this other stuff. Whereas in The Outlaws, for every time that guy got thrown into a wall, into a urinal, and I'm telling you, I literally cringe every time you see that sequence of what he does to his hand that is brutal and you feel it and you hear it but that whole bathroom sequence in the outlaws the the foley guy was like getting a bunch of celery and just cracking into (laughs) it i was like oh that foley guy was having a lovely day that day but it is so visceral and i i found myself sweating after watching that whole bathroom sequence. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, Troy, you can definitely relate. I mean, anybody else who's who's taken any type of martial arts, when you learn about that wrist lock and it's applied to yes. you, yes, <laughs> that that's not a fun time, guys. Okay, and the 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 visual that you get of the amount of pressure and torque he ends up throwing on that wrist, yeah, I, I'd have been screaming like that too. Yeah, when you see Don Lee's biceps flex and then twist and you hear the the celery, you're like, that. I would have died from shock alone um, yeah. on that. But it's amazing. It's it's so good. And it, it just is exactly what you were waiting for, watching these just two unstoppable forces come together. And to your point, Nathan, I love the shot, how it starts on one side of the bathroom goes through the other and follows it through, then comes back to that same position, and you see the amount of destruction that happens with these two going at it. It's amazing. Yeah. And and, and then only after that does the comedy come back in. You know, here comes the captain to see the happen, you know, see what happened, and all of a sudden <laughs> yes. you get the two, you know, hotel managers come up like, sorry, sir, but you need to reimburse us. <laughs> oh, yeah, the airport Can we get people? your ID? <laughs> yeah. Can we get your ID? Because we need to send a bill somewhere. I mean, it was, it was I great. I think Don Lee's like, he'll take care of it, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was. But yeah, I mean, that fight scene, you know, Brad, Troy, you guys are, are 100% spot on. I mean, fights, you know, I mean, street fights, this movie brings what street fights pretty much are. Um, and, and it's brutal. And um, you got to win. You got to win fast. And, you know, from just like when Don Lee gets his leg kicked out from under him. Okay. Oh, that was that, that's, painful. That's that's painful. That's a yeah. valid. That's a valid move for anybody that's on the ground. You know him throwing the dude in the urinal. That's the way you're supposed to do it. I mean, so it's not like, you know, a Seagal movie where, you know, he's hey, not man, winded. Watch what you say. <laughs> <laughs> he's not winded, or not. I mean, he's take. It's taken a toll on him where he says, "Okay, my leg now hurts. I'm I'm going to come up up close to you, and we're gonna we're gonna ground and pound, and, and this is how we're gonna finish it." You know what I mean? So it, it was just, it was amazing to watch. 
I love that he tries to stab his bicep with glass, and that just enrages Don Lee. Like, dude, you hurt my bicep. Yeah, <laughs> now it's on. <laughs> um, That's my best shirt. What other what, what other notes do you guys have? Any final thoughts or no? No, no? we um, kind of hit everything I wanted to talk about. I, I, I mean, they're doing a sequel to the Outlaws, but Don Lee's not going to be in it. So what? I'm not going to watch it. Wait, yeah. what? What? You, you guys, you guys didn't catch that? There's supposed to be a sequel coming for Outlaw, the Outlaws. Is, um, and Don Lee's not in it. Don more out, more outlawing. More, I think Seagal's going to be in it. I don't know. The search, but, yeah. the search for more outlaws. <laughs> yeah, um, oh. but it, it, this is one of, again one of those movies where, um, and, and this is me not trying to be biased, but just watching what's coming out of Korea um, with the stories and the characters and just what they're just producing. This is this is one of those movies where. Yes, it is a Don Lee movie. Yes, he is a smaller version than I am uh, of me. Um, but this movie is incredibly, incredibly well done. And it, it, it's, it's as much as you watch it and rewatch it, you, you kind of wonder what else have they got coming down the road? Because, you know, at the start of the, what we were talking about, I found so much stuff that um, he's done recently. And, and you guys didn't even mention it. There's another movie, um, uh, Ashfall. Yeah, that's coming. Um, you know, that's supposed to be coming. Uh, and, and it's like stuff that you'd never heard about or we stumble across on Netflix. It's like, man, what else is out there? Because this movie, if you haven't seen it, you should watch it because it is on Prime, as they said. Um, it's just a culmination of, of what Korea is delivering in terms of a movie experience. It is. I mean, it's – I don't know. It, it's amazing how many things I come across. I mean – I was just trying to remember one film, Exit, that came out in 2019, which is this rock climber who gets trapped in a uh, skyrise building because of these toxic gases, and he's trying to lead these people across all these different um, skyscrapers in Korea. It's it's fantastic. So they're they're really oh, that's not the rock the movie with the rock. No, that's not the right. No, <laughs> but no, I mean you're absolutely right. I'm I'm excited, and even to hear that there's a sequel to this, even though it doesn't have Don Lee, I'd still watch it. Because the output that's coming out right now is is pretty good um, consistently, and then it's great. So I haven't run across something even on blind buys where I'm like, oh man, I'm I'm kind of sad I spent money on that thing. Whereas that is the case with a lot of Hong Kong newer films right now. But with Korea, even if I blind buy something, I'm like, oh, that was pretty good. But then about, I don't know, every three films I buy, there's always one where I'm like, oh my God, that was amazing. Let me share it with everybody. So they're, they're really cranking out some quality product. But um, I, I think it's time for the question. So oh, um, before yeah. the question, can I, can I issue one correction? Yeah. Don Lee is going to be in The Outlaws too. Oh, well, <laughs> now I'm really excited. Sold. Yep. All day long. So, I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right. Well, Nathan, I'm going to start with you. So 2017's The Outlaws starring Don Lee. Is it a bomb? Nope. Not, not at all, huh? I can't think of a reason if you don't like to laugh, if you don't like action and you can't read and you don't know Korean, then maybe it's not the film for you, but you know what the worst part is? I never learned to read. <laughs> Honestly though, I, 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 I thoroughly enjoy this through and through. Like I can't wait to watch it again. I can't wait to share it with other people. Um, I'm going to 
struggle with not overselling it, I think, to not raise expectations so high that people, you know, have a little bit of disappointment. But I think even if I oversell it a little bit and they watch it, they still won't be disappointed. So, okay, that's good. John is 2017's The Outlaws a bomb? Anyo. That's Korean for no, not a bomb. Um, Don Lee deservedly um, is, is showing why he is one of Korea's major uh, superstars coming up. Uh, and, and, and his path forward is, is really in his hands. Um, this movie, again, just, just quantifies and solidifies what Korean cinema is doing right that Hollywood is not doing. And it, for me, it's always about the stories and characters. And if, if, if Hollywood is, instead of trying to buy stuff just to make a sequel or do another remake of a remake of a remake, study what they're doing. And, and apply those lessons learned because the outlaw covers it. Again, it, it covers so many genres inside one film. It covers the story of multiple crime issues that were happening back in 2004, but it, it's so well put together. It, it makes you think that, oh man, this was all about one story. No, it, it's a lot. Uh, uh, study at Hollywood and get your shit together because, you know, I'm not unhappy. Korea's kicking your ass. <laughs> wow. I feel like John threw the gauntlet down. Steven Seagal needs to yeah. step up his game. <laughs> Brad is is the. I'm outlaw. not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm, the, I'm not just gonna make you laugh like I'm a some word trained monkey troll just because you say Steven Seagal. I'm not gonna do the voice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> the Outlaws is uh, is not a bomb. Uh, I sometimes Troy has a has a tendency to to get a little excited about. Uh, Korean cinema, Hong Kong cinema. Um, when he was telling me about this, I could tell he was trying not to oversell and overhype. But um, I, I think this movie, um, if you can get a hold of it, again, it's. I think it is on Prime. Watch it. I like the second hour way more than the first hour because it just kind of goes. Um, you know, you can keep that character development stuff to yourself. I just want to see some some people get arrested and all that stuff, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think uh, Don Lee, this is definitely something I enjoyed watching because, you know, unlike Troy, I'm excited for the internal. So um, yeah, not a bomb. Okay. Well, I I'm in a hundred percent agreement with all you guys. Uh, hands down. It's one of my favorite Asian movies of all time. So if we were, if we were doing a top 10, this would be in there. Um, in fact, it's probably one of my favorite police action movies of all time. It's yes. a great thriller. It's a great action film. It's surprisingly funny. Uh, I, and, and again, I, I think I laugh more and more when you get to the second, third viewing. I, I do think the violence and the action and stuff can be a little off-putting. But when you take a step back and you look at the scenes and you know what's coming, you really see the humor there. Yeah. I put this in my bucket of films that... You know, I, I'm sure all of you run across um, friends, family, everything else. They're like, well, what you should, you know, what should you watch? And so um, a great example is Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I've recommended that thing over and over for as long as it's been out. And everybody I've talked to after they watched it are like, oh, my God, I love that film. It's so funny. This is one of the films that I would put in that bucket and say, okay, are you good with subtitles? And if they're like, yep, then I'd say you have to watch The Outlaws. The Outlaws is one of the best international films out there. And if you're interested in Korean cinema, I know you could go watch old boy, the host parasite. You can watch all the heavy hitters, right? 
But for me, the Outlaws is the perfect, perfect gateway drug into Korean cinema, in my opinion. Because to your point, John, it has so many genres wrapped up into it, and you get to experience the awesomeness that is Don Lee. Absolutely love that guy. And he's one of my one of my just favorite stars that are out there today. And I, I really do think he's a bona fide movie star. He encompasses yes. everything, you know, he's not just a great actor, but he has that charisma and screen presence. Um, and he's he's just top tier quality, man. Oh, Does yeah. he speak English? Yes. Okay. Yeah. If you watch The Champions, Brad, it starts yeah. in the US. Oh, my new favorite movie. Okay. He actually holds movie. a US citizenship. So, yeah, I'm curious, Brad, when you see that film, we will have to talk about it, or we can just reserve it for an episode, because I would gladly talk about The Champions. It is fantastic. You know how we have to do every, like, every 50 episodes, we have to do, you know, one of these, so we'll, yeah. Okay, We'll talk about it. Um, Well, I want to do a little bit of listener feedback. We did get a recommendation. I I thought this was interesting. So, our, our good friend Michael had uh, sent us a message and he said, uh, here's a suggestion for you. Lawnmower man two, $15 million budget, $2 million box office. The FX were dated back then. So Lord knows what it will look like now as I didn't even know there was a lawnmower man too. Oh, yeah. I hate the lawnmower man. So it, it has. So I looked at this and I went and watched the trailer. It has max headroom. Max headroom. Yeah. 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 That's right. I do remember that. Uh, yeah, this thing looks bonkers, like bonkers. I don't know. There's swords and some uh, white guy that looks like he's trying to be Jamaican, and it's in a post-apocalyptic future. Mm. And I think this could be my new favorite bad movie just based on the trailer. So okay. um, we'll add it to the list. We'll we'll move it up. It'll, we'll put it high up on the list. Yeah. Not uh, higher than Death to Smoochie, though, correct? Oh, Jesus Christ. Is <laughs> this why you came on, Nathan? <laughs> this propaganda about death to smooch. We're going to we're, we're gonna do we're gonna it. Get I, to I know it, you'll Nathan. get there. I know you'll get Jesus, there. Jesus, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brad, if anybody else wants to send us a recommendation, um, hey, if, if you go out and see The Outlaws on Amazon Prime, we'd love to hear your thoughts on it. But how do, how do they get a hold of us, Brad? Yeah, that's notabombpod at gmail.com. Also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, Troy posts some pretty cool pictures of our uh, movies of the week in these cool little light boxes. It's really good, Troy. You got an eye for that stuff. Thanks, man. I, I got to put a shout out to Sof. He's the one who kind of taught me how to use my camera and was the one that suggested, hey, get this little light box and you can do some cool stuff with the uh, cover art. So, Yeah, apertures and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> It's what he uses when he directs. Yeah. yeah. Um, guys, thank you for joining. Uh, I didn't know how this would go with four people kind of, but it four went man pretty, pod. Yeah, it went pretty smooth. I was, I was excited. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty cool. We got to do this again. For yeah. Sure. Sausage party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Brad, you want to talk about what's coming up next? Cause this is uh, we got another themed month coming, right? Oh, oh yeah. We you, are doing, you got to change voices here for the next one. Oh, too, I know. So, <laughs> right? Christopher Lambert is coming back because I'm going to be Lord Raiden. <laughs> We're doing Mortal Kombat 1995 because uh, September is video game month. So I can't wait. Everything video game movies because those have all stunk. Oh, really? Because uh, I, I thought it was rare that video game movies bombed. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> 
we we I actually had be, a we had a tough time picking out the films for September because there yeah, were so we many. Four, and there's literally like 27. All there's of them. More than that, man. Jeez. We're not doing any of the UA Bowl movies. I'm not watching Portal ever again. I'm not watching <laughs> Alone House, in the Dark or House whatever. It House is. of the Dead or something. Yeah. Oh, he did yeah. do Alone in the Dark too, didn't yeah. he? Well, that yeah. was bad. Oh. But I'm doing Christopher Lambert. It's real Lord Raiden. So here's the question, Brad. So Mortal Kombat, big box office hit. Critics didn't like it. No. I feel we would be doing uh, the listeners an injustice if we didn't watch Mortal Kombat Annihilation as well. <sighs> okay. I can, I can watch Annihilation. All right. So we're going to do both of them? Yeah, we'll just do both of them. Let's do both of them. Let's get crazy in this. Yeah, because literally the second one starts at right at the end of the first one, but there's different people playing the different characters. Yes. Like, it's, it's unbelievable. Oh, I can't it's wait to talk about it. Yeah, they could not get anyone to come back. Man, and that second one can go porno at any moment in time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> well, that'll be a fun discussion. So we're going to do Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. So uh, that, that'll be an interesting, and uh, we'll let you know what else is coming in September, yes. and that leads us to... Christopher Lambert turns into James Remar. <laughs> <laughs> Are you practicing your James Remar voice now? I don't know what James Remar sounds like. I'm going to have to try, though. Isn't he more like guttural? Or <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's a little bit more... I can't do that. I don't. My voice is not that baritone, so... Oh, okay. Uh, well, listen, folks, thank you for, you know, downloading the episode. I don't know if you're listening in the morning, the afternoon, or evening. I hope you're having an awesome day. Have fun with us. Watch Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, if you dare. And I literally just got talked into watching Annihilation. It's like, Joe's like, <laughs> hey, let's watch Annihilation, too. I'm like, okay. I could have said no, but I just You know totally why? Because you're not a man of maximum conviction. No, I'm oh, not. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right, we're ending on the last Steven Seagal reference. That's it. No more. That's it. More like maximum waistline. (laughs) (laughs) Steven Seagal. All right, folks, you have a great week, and we'll chat with you next week when we talk Mortal Kombat. Don't lose your head. Dong Young Hee, Casey, all.